Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your Royal Rumble recap, your NXT Vengeance Day predictions. We're going to have Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland for the number one contendership against Samoa Joe and some absolutely Shocking news about CM Punk. <laughs> that and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band for Ringside podcast. How about if I get to get a second breath? <laughs> Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Veggie, a.k.a. Greco-Roman cheesecloth. And sitting directly across from me. I might have to explain that one in a little bit. Sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? I'm every beefer. It's all in me. And on that note, we know that I ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band for Ringside Podcast, Volume 345, Chapter 3, Verse 14. And the good smart saith, hashtag who the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the Holy Trinity of BFR. Got a little nap in. Got a little Red Bull in. I'm ready to do the damn thing. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have Two Beers, Zach. Bowman, what's going on, Two Beers, Zach? We are for West in the house. Not much, man. Nothing clever today because my brain's not working because I drank a lot of beer yesterday, which is not something I've been doing lately. So Wednesdays seem to be a big day for you in drinking beer. Is that is that uh, fair to say? I feel like maybe it just happens that way. Yeah. <laughs> so how but many I, beers I are we into? I have been I've been drinking like a month and a half really at all. So yeah, that'll do it. That hangovers. You're not forty yet, are you? Uh, almost. You'll be forty in April. Uh, thirty nine in April. Oh so. my gosh, <laughs> fucking hey, man! man. I really <laughs> didn't think. Um, so uh, we are coming at you from beautiful St. Charles, Missouri. It's really nice outside. Uh, I got flip-flops on it was 65 degrees today they call this false spring it's probably going to be five degrees in a couple weeks <laughs> but as we sit right now uh we are sitting on the back porch enjoying it uh that aka i feel like i have to <laughs> so uh you know the royal rumble was the other night and naomi made her big return and naomi's got this kind of stink facey move where Bailey's head is basically in her butt, and she calls it. I think she calls it the rear window or the rear view or something. Uh, I thought the rear view was the uh, like when she jumps and hits her, uh, the opponent with the back. Anyway, head. Bailey's face was in Naomi's butt for like a good five seconds, and Corey Graves goes Greco-Roman cheesecloth, and I almost <laughs> lost my goddamn mind when I was watching it. I don't know if the, I don't know if that's a. I googled it. I couldn't find it anywhere. I don't know if he just made it up on the spot. But I, I just about lost my mind, and uh, I just wanted to make sure that I didn't forget it, so just get it out of the way with the AKA. Uh, no Vice tonight. We will see him next week, hopefully. Uh, but we are Mr. going Vice. to have Brett Jagger from the Phoenix Splash podcast. That's Jason's other podcast. He will be joining us later on in the podcast to tell us his experience Oh, the Chris Jericho cruise. That's right. He went on the Jericho cruise, and I have 
so many questions about it. <laughs> so we're going to go through some Rumble stuff, some AEW stuff, some Punk stuff, Vengeance Day predictions, and then we'll have him. And hopefully we'll keep it around two hours. But without further ado, let's get to that three count. JCB, kick it off. Uh, obviously, we're going down to St. Pete, Florida on Saturday night for the uh, 20, 2024 Royal Rumble. Four matches, but obviously... Just just start with the big news. Omos made his return. <laughs> <laughs> I'm he like, big. son of a bitch. <laughs> this motherfucker here. I will give credit where credit is due. It looks like some of that baby fat that he has has taken off. He's leaned up a little bit more. He looks more muscular, a little more intimidating. Nonetheless, not necessarily Omos's best uh, night on the, the WWE screen. That being said, the men's Royal Rumble did kick things off. I'm sorry, the women's Royal Rumble kicked things off. Um, a lot of surprises, especially coming early with Jordan Grace, I believe at number five or six. I didn't uh, write it down, but she came five. out pretty early. And for me as a Impact watcher, when I heard the sirens, my knee-jerk reaction was like, what? I'm like, that's Jordan Grace's theme music. And then she came out. I was like, oh, this is perfect. So, obviously, I'm not saying there's a relationship, but there is at least – a working relationship between Impact and WWE back-to-back years. Mickey James last year, and obviously Jordan Grace this year. I thought Jordan did uh, very well, all things considering, as an outside um, entity coming in and performing in the Royal Rumble. I thought she performed very well, and they made her look good. Uh, obviously, coming out the box, you had... Naomi slash Trinity making her return back to WWE. Not a huge surprise there, but it was more on the lines of just making it official at that point. Um, I'm sure I'm missing someone in the middle, but obviously towards the end, you had the debut of one Jade Cargill who came off like a star, who immediately got in people's faces throughout Nia Jax fairly easily, if I do say so myself. To me, right there, almost screams like she has to be on Raw, but either brand could use her, and I think she would be just fine on either or. Um, Bailey being the winner of this was a surprise, but just the fact that how the fans got behind her really early and kind of stayed on that support all the way through. Liv Morgan makes her return at number 30. Um, not the biggest surprise. I thought it was either Liv Morgan or Sasha Banks at 30 as the Rumble went along. And obviously, Liv Morgan comes out, so more and more it feels like Sasha's on the way to AEW, but just playing the long game, I guess, neither here nor there. Um, to me, I thought the, uh, the Women's Royal Rumble was really, really good. It, just, it showed a lot of what could be, especially with Jay Cargill coming out, Becky obviously making an impact. Uh, Tiffany uh, Stratton came out in the latter portions. I believe that was like 18 through 20. She made a nice little impact. Uh, I think she's SmackDown bound as far as I'm concerned, but either way, I think her NXT days are over with. For me, I'd like the uh, the women's Royal Rumble more than the men's. We'll talk about that, obviously, here in a little bit. But uh, Bailey winning it, big surprise to me, uh, almost going wire to wire, but how she gets there just dodging bullets in and out and making it to the end. It was It's a good story because Bailey kind of feels like she deserves to have this moment in the sun. Zach, your thoughts on the women's Royal Rumble? Uh, the Jordan Grace was quite a surprise. I mean, Mickey James last year 
not so much. I mean, it was it was memorable and it was kind of historic because of the whole you know TNA knockout champ. Uh, but it was also Mickey James. Uh, Jordan Grace has no history with um, WWE as far as like she was not a WWE diva. Uh, she's you know this generation. She's the current champ. Um, and the fact that they made her look so strong, she was actually the highlight of the entire thing until Jade Cargill came out. So um, her and uh, Trinity slash Naomi had a cool moment in there. Um, her and Ivy Nile had a cool like kind of face off. Ivy Nile flubbed up her uh, the the dueling suplex like flubbed up or like kip up. But Jordan Grace, I mean, she looked like an absolute star, and that was really cool uh, that they brought her out and, and gave her that stage. Um, Jade Cargill looks like a million bucks. You know, she's just going to need ring time. She needs to get out there on the road and just do house shows, really, uh, because she got uh, biggest pop of the entire night from, like, almost anybody. Um, it was crazy. Uh, the fans really took to her and saw her as a star, and then the dueling military presses with her and Bianca, I was like, well, that's a fucking feud and a half. Like, man, that, that was <laughs> I don't cool. know how we getting there, but we need to figure this shit out right now. Yeah, because, you know, go ahead. No, I, I was just thinking Bianca and Jade versus Kabuki Warriors at WrestleMania. Damn that. <clears throat> but, uh, go ahead. <laughs> Damn that. Is a- <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Zach. <laughs> you playing. <laughs> but uh, overall, I mean, kind of the theme of the night, which we'll see as we kind of talk about it, the crowd mostly dead outside of a few, um, you know, kind of, outside of Jade, outside of, you know, a couple entrances and stuff, uh, some of the power moves. But, you know, this was uh, a women's rumble, standouts being uh, Jordan Grace and Jade Cargill. Otherwise, um, you know, they told a little bit of a story with Bailey. Bailey was who I picked to win, so that pleased me. But um, uh, but they told a little bit of a story where Damage Control got out early and then Bailey was going to have to win it and, like, kind of on her own. Uh, so... But otherwise, it was just uh, kind of a rumble. There wasn't anything particularly, you know, outstanding about it. And it was mostly dead through most of it. Two big points about this women's Royal Rumble, and I'll echo Zach and what everybody. I read the thread. I had to watch it later, but I read the Rumble thread while I was watching, like uh, right after I watched it. And uh, I know Dave Patterson, friend of the show, was on there talking about how shitty the crowd was. The crowd was really shitty. Um but I did while I was cooking tonight. I kind of rewatched the role, the women's beginning of the women's because that was like right when I got home and I just turned it on. But I was still like settling in and shit. Um, they were hot at the beginning. The first big point of this is it was an incredible debut for Jay Cargo. Just it could not have gone better. It makes me think that maybe she should just be in Rumbles. Like she was so fucking, she was so fucking good at it that uh, you couldn't. It hit all of her weaknesses and highlighted all of her strengths. Great. And uh, like Zach said, I mean, it was the biggest pop of the night. It was when the crowd was at their hottest. Was during that women's rumble. It seemed like. Um, second thing is, I think the right person went over. I think it's cool. They actually have a story with Bailey. You know, they started to tease the break. With uh, damage controlled, it looks like they kind of pumped the brakes on that to kind of save it for WrestleMania season. And to me, that's the right call. I did not pick Bailey. I had Bailey as third most likely to win. Um, but I was happy to see her win. Happy for her. She's been doing really great work. And I think that a face turn is in the works. And I think that she's going to be mega over as a face because people still want to like her. And even though she does get real heat... 
Um, Jordan Grace was cool as fuck. Not very familiar with her work. You know, I've seen a few matches with her. I was, like Zach said, I mean, it just hits a little bit harder than Mickey James because it makes sense because Mickey James is known for WWE, basically. Uh, Jordan Grace coming out there was a big surprise. Very good rumble. I had a really great time with it. Um, maybe it's because I just couldn't wait to get home and watch the rumble, and I was fucking psyched for it. Um, but uh, the story of the night for me in the women's rumble is Jade Cargo. Just could not could not have gone better. No, I agree totally. Um, <clears throat> Do you think the right person went over, Jason? Uh, yeah. I was about to say that. Elimination Chamber's up next, and if they do, if they do it like they normally do, it'll be six women, and, you know, you could go Nia, Becky, uh, Bianca. Becky, or you said Jade. Jade, if you wanted to. Um, Oscar? No, it's going to say. No, because she's in the tag. tag yeah, I was going to say, then, then you got two spots open. You can do like a uh, qualifying matches or whatever the case may be. You could have some fun and put Tiffany Stratton in there. I was going to say that would be a fifth spot, and then she could win a, lip, uh, a qualifying match to get, you know, get her used to people seeing her on TV. I guess Liv single. Morgan could slip in there. There, there you go. There's, there's a, a nice six right there. That's your elimination chamber match. You can figure it out from that point on. But for this moment, for this time, yeah, I have no problem with Bailey winning. I actually, you know, kind of was like, oh, yeah, you know, I was happy that she won. You know, ultimately, it, like you said, looking long term, this is going to you, – and you can already kind of see the friction between Bailey and EO has come back now, even though it, 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 you know, it kind of died down a little bit. It's immediately back on the, the Raw uh, – segment where uh, Nia Jax comes out and destroys uh, Rhea Ripley. Nobody really wanted to talk about, you know, when Bailey and who's going to uh, Bailey wants to face at WrestleMania. They pushed it off until Friday. Perfect. Um, Did you enjoy the R-Truth spot, Zach? Oh! <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it didn't uh, it didn't detract from anything and it was, it was funny. Uh, I did like that he is. They followed it up. He was actually number twenty-four. Yeah. Um, I loved so, him going for the hot tag. I loved him going for the hot tag in the he rumble. Came out and I was like, "You have got to be kidding me! This is the greatest fucking thing ever." Our truth is the early WWE MVP for me. That motherfucker is doing work. He is all kinds of work. He is the. Most, it, well, not the most, but one of the more entertaining characters in WWE in this first four weeks well, let's, of a program. Let's move on to the men's then, unless there's there might be something big that I'm forgetting from the women's. I don't think that there is. I no, I, I, I was going to say our truth, and then I totally forgot about, it, but you brought it up. So the men's rumble, Jason. Uh, Orton versus AJ versus LA Knight versus Roman Reigns in a fatal four way match for the WWE Undisputed Championship. So obviously. With fatal four-way means no rules, and when you mean no rules, that means some sort of bloodline fuckery, which ultimately did come into play. Sola Sokoa comes out to make the save for Roman Reigns. For me, neither here nor there. Everybody knew how this was going to end. We all agreed that Roman Reigns was going to win, which he did. It was just a matter of how we got there. For me, I know Zach is saying uh, house of torture equals bloodline, which I had to chuckle about. It is kind of funny because it is 
very similar in the sense of you know at some point they're going to get involved. It's just when they're going to get involved. For me, it it is at least different. House of Torture is basically the same thing. Someone distracts ref. Someone else hits someone with object. Okay. Dick to dick action. Blah, blah, blah. So let's... Let's just stick with House of Torture being the equaling the bloodline right here for a second. I just want to ask one question. Both of you can answer it. One an- just one word apiece. Who's a better worker, Roman or evil? <laughs> <laughs> Zach, you can go first. I'll say Roman. Roman. Nah, it's evil. You guys you are crazy, you man. Your ass you guys mind. are crazy. You got your monkey ass mind. Uh, Roman in the G1. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to wrestle like every fourth day. <laughs> uh, Zach, what do you think about this match? He could wrestle one match in the G1 every, for the re- next 10 years. <laughs> Keeps winning. Uh, it was uh, very flat in the stadium, and it was flat for me. We all knew what was going to happen, how it was going to happen. Um, I really, I didn't have a lot of interest. I, I found myself losing interest. Like this is a Royal Rumble, right? This is, it's not like the Super Bowl because that's like WrestleMania, right? But this is like, I don't know. It's it's the number the two game. show of the year. Yeah, and kind of the overarching theme for me for this like whole thing was like, just kind of disappointment. Like it just didn't really feel um, like it was that super excellent, you know number two show of the year. Um, and this was certainly not a memorable title match. Uh, it'll be a trivia question in like 20 years. and It'll be hard to remember. Um, it, so. it came off really great on television. Like the set looked amazing. All the lights shooting up around the ring made everything look really epic. And when all four guys entered the ring and they were all standing there and Samantha Irvin was doing her ring introductions, uh, Pat McAfee said, this is a big fight feel. And Pat McAfee is very hyperbolic. Like, even in wrestling terms, he is very hyperbolic. And, like, he'll have, like, fucking uh, Mojo Raleigh in the fucking ring and he'll be like, starting Raw off with a five-star classic. And it's like, (laughs) all right, McAfee. All right, dude. Take a chill pill, bro. Uh, but he said, and I was like, oh, you know what? This does feel like a big fight feel. It did look big. No, I agree. And then there was just, I mean, it wasn't very good. Like, Dude, when Roman, when Roman feared AJ and then pinned him, like, there was no reaction from anybody in the entire stadium. I mean, a real paint-by-numbers bloodline type match, especially in the post-SummerSlam era, which is to say, well, even fucking last WrestleMania. It's just solo. Solo wins everything for Roman Reigns, and um, it's getting really boring. Uh, I didn't think that it was a very creative match, to be honest, which is strange because you got some fucking pros in there, man. Um, but you know, as much as as much as we like to give praise to Randy Orton these days. I mean, Randy Orton's never really set the world on fire in his matches. There's not. I mean, what's the greatest Randy Orton match? It's probably against Christian on SmackDown at some time. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm being serious. Uh, right after Edge there retired. was uh, the greatest wrestling match in history. Oh yeah, him versus Edge at WrestleMania. Yeah, That's right. Doug, your answer, the your greatest question. match in history. The, the greatest wrestling match of all time, where it was him and 
Randy Orton riding rascal scooters in the fucking hallways of the stadium for a little while. Um, just, just chasing each other through the halls of Bristol. Um, but, yeah, this match was whatever, dude. Whatever. Roman Reigns' matches can be good, but he's got to be working against, like, one of the greats, like Logan Paul. Uh, he, can't, he can't have, like... Like he, he, him and Orton in there, and Ellie Knight, who also wrestles a very methodical old school wrestling style. Um, AJ Styles, of course, one of the greatest that we've seen in the last 20 years, but I mean, this was this was not good. I don't think LA Knight did anything but throw punches the entire time. Well, he slammed Randy Orton's head. Yeah. yeah, I know, man. And he slammed Randy Orton's head into the fucking announcer table like 20 times. It's like, okay, <laughs> dude. I'm not going to sit here and, and toot the horn and say it was that great. I don't think it was, for me, that bad. I, I'm somewhere in the gray on this one. Um, I just like the fact that we had all four guys in the ring at the same time, and we just had, you know, little different interactions as uh, the, the, the match went along. I agree with, you know, with uh, the slamming of the heads, with Orton, you know, tossing guys, uh, suplexing guys onto the announce table. That did get a little repetitive. I'm not going to sit here and lie about that. But to me, the tor- the ending portion, the last five, seven minutes, kind of made up for the, that little silliness. And ultimately, Roman went, ends up winning, the, which we all kind of knew was going to happen. So for me, I didn't think it was nearly as bad as you guys thought it was. That was just me. I don't say bad. It was like a three-star world title match, you know? Nah, it was... It would have been an incredible SmackDown main event. I mean, <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's but like Zach said, like it's the Royal Rumble, man. We gotta have, we should have high expectations. We should hold them to high standards. Now, see if this but shit did you was see how much money they made. Well, no, go, go ahead, motherfucker, earn your check this week. How much money they make? Oh, I don't know. I was just saying, like okay. that was that's just always their answer. It's like, but we broke. You know, yeah, uh, I, they broke records, and I guess uh, I guess they did break a a um, attendance record, yeah. uh, and they took it from New Kids on the Block. So Stop. good for them. See, New Kids needs to have some sort of fucking record. And WWE is just like, not so much. I heard this, and just for thirty seconds, just before we get on to the next match, I heard some of the seating was bad. Like some seats were facing away from the ring. Did you hear this? Yeah, I saw pictures. I saw pictures of it. It's like uh, they just they like face. Um, they were facing like the aisle, basically. Um, so if so you then I would have to them, like turn my to head to watch. Turn the your head the whole time. Oh man, suck yeah. my dick. See, it's, it's only seven hundred dollars. <laughs> it's just half your mortgage. It's no big deal. Uh, yeah. ne- next up, we had. Uh, the aforementioned Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens for the United States title. Um, decent match, nothing crazy. Once again, I've kind of figured that Logan Paul was going to retain, which he did, but how we got there, it was a little bit different of a twist. Uh, we get to the brass knuckles segment, but instead Kevin Owens uses said brass knuckles, drills um, Logan Paul with them, but then forgets to throw said brass knuckles away. I've always said that baby faces do silly stuff, and Kevin Owens' heel would have thrown that joker into, like, the fifth row, and it got the pin and it had been the U.S. champion. Babyface Kevin Owens 
forgets to forgets the heelish side of Kevin Owens for whatever reason and keeps the brass knuckles on. I thought this was a nice little swerve because I was thinking, no way this is getting ready to happen, right? You know, all of Logan Paul's cronies were basically taken care of at some point, including um, Grayson Waller and Austin Theory. So at that point, I'm like, this is getting ready to happen. Then the ref sees it and calls for the immediate disqualification. I thought this was a good match. I think this it should be a repeat of this or, or a rematch of this somewhere down the line. I don't think it should go to WrestleMania. I still think that's going to be L.A. night. But at Elimination Chamber, maybe, I can see this being a rematch because there there's enough – out there to where Kevin Owens can say, yeah, I had you beat. If the ref didn't see me with the brass knuckles, I'd be U.S. champion right now, yada, yada, yada. Go ahead. Yeah, I thought this was the best match on the show. Um, it's like Logan Paul's eighth singles match. Um, Logan Paul might be on my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> he's yes. not really, but he's, yes. he's, so, he's so good. He's batting a uh, thousand. He's definitely, he's definitely one of my favorite wrestlers which is just insane for me to say that but he really is i look forward to all of his matches and um i thought the finish was clever um not something you see every day i thought the the production of it was very well done like with the camera zoom in and stuff like they made it very obvious like they bonked you on the head with it and uh, <laughs> wwe does a good job with that so that was that was pretty cool it was um, definitely the and- kind of ending that you're much cooler with on a royal rumble type event yeah like you don't really, you don't really need that. You know, you you always want to finish. You don't really need it on a Royal Rumble. Like they can have a finish like this. Yeah, because it happened, and then it's like you're going to the Royal Rumble, and you're you're getting to see like the the big ticket item, and it does right. kind of it pushes it back. We're gonna get to see it again, like Jason said. I think we'll probably see it in Perth because um, Logan Paul should probably be on that show. I um I heard an interview with Chavo Guerrero where he was doing an interview for the Iron Claw, you know, because he did the, um, did we ever talk about that movie on the podcast? We have not. Uh, maybe we should sometime. Have you seen it, Jason? Yes, I have. Um, but anyway, Chavo was doing a, an interview and somebody asked him, you know, do you think Zac Efron or Jeremy Allen White, do you think after their training with you that we'd be able to, that they'd be able to like, uh, you know, have a match someday, like an actual match? And Chavo was like, uh, he kind of, I think he kind of bristled at uh, the suggestion. Like, I'm sure he'd been asked it before, but right. he was like, you know, Logan Paul, and he name-checked Logan Paul. He goes, Logan Paul's great. He's like, make no mistake. But Logan Paul doesn't do what we do. Mm-mm. Like, what we do is we go around a couple couple nights a week, and they tell you who you're working in the morning, and they tell you you're working when you get to the show, and then you try to figure out how to ma- have a match with that person. He's like, what I did with these wrestlers on the Iron Claws, I made them look good on camera. Like they could do certain things, but they don't know how to call a match or to work a match. You know, um, I just wanted to, I was just thinking that as you were talking about Logan Paul being one of your favorite wrestlers, because I thought that this match was fucking tits. I loved it. Um, I thought that Logan Paul kind of had a different kind of match. Uh, and Kevin Owens is, you know, he's the perfect opponent for a lot of guys. Kevin, though, I, I was watching. I was like, these guys, I could watch these guys wrestle forever. They're so good. I loved it when Logan Paul looked at uh, Corey Graves and said, you said no one could superplex Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens turned it around. Um, big fan of this match. Completely fine with the ending, and I hope I hope they run this back at WrestleMania. 
I wouldn't necessarily be uh, opposed to that. Kevin Owens is a, a big WrestleMania. Well, it's a, he's a big name, period, and he has to have a WrestleMania match. I mean, his last two WrestleManias, he wrestled Austin, and then him and Sami Zayn wrestled the Bloodline, or the Usos, in the hottest story of going, you know. No doubt, no doubt. So that, you know, how he gets to WrestleMania is yet to be seen. It's either L.A. Knight or Kevin Owens versus Logan Paul. It's one or the other. Both guys probably it probably feels like it should be Kevin Owens at this point, but Triple can F. you can you extend it that far? Is it going to be a Bill Veggy special? That makes some sense too. So ultimately, we're going to see what happens. But for me, if I had to guess, it feels like Ellie Knight because you're going to do KO uh, Logan Paul. You're going to run that back pretty much right away within the next couple months. I I agree with Matt. I agree with Zach saying this was probably the match of. Probably my match of the night too. It's just man, that, that's a weird thing to say because rumbles are so much fun. But um, I definitely enjoyed the fuck out of this match. I did too. I did too. Last but not least, we have the men's Royal Rumble. Um, pretty, I guess, pedestrian. I guess is the word I want to use for this. Not a lot of big surprises uh, coming out, minus obviously the aforementioned Omas. Uh, Andrade came out fairly early uh, for a nice little pop. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything, anybody else off the top of my head. Uh, I'm probably sure I am, but nobody really worth of mentioning. It really just comes down to the the final four guys that we kind of all thought that would be there in some form or fashion. Gunther, Cody, Punk, and Drew McIntyre. I thought this was a, a nice... Final four because they all have some sort of connection going forward. You have Seth and Roman up in the uh, the rafters looking down. So, that, like you said, there was connections there too. Um, I was kind of hoping that Gunther would last to the last two, but we did that last year. I believe he was out first. Drew was out second. So, you were down to Punk and Cody as the final two at this point. Uh, unbeknownst to maybe some of us, myself being one of those people, Punk had torn his tricep going down the stretch just before he got eliminated by Cody. Cody going back-to-back, uh, first time since Austin, and doing it in 26 years, if I'm, my mental math is correct. So that's a huge deal. Um, I was mad at this motherfucker with Bill last week for talking me off the ledge for picking, not picking Cody as my number one. Um, not necessarily as mad as I am this week. I thought the final four kind of made up for the fact that I didn't pick Cody, but it, it's the biggest story you can make. You'll have a, a guy that's won the Rumble for the first time, back-to-back Rumbles for the first time in a quarter century. I talked you out of it? Yeah, you totally talked me out of it. But I picked Cody. I know. You totally talked me out of it. I'm blaming you. Was Wait. I trying to talk you out of it? No, I said last week that you were t- you were saying that – Punk coming back is a big deal. Rock coming back was a big deal. Rock's getting ready to do this. Punk's getting ready to do that. And you totally talked me off the ledge, even though I've been the one guy that's been saying that Cody and Roman should be the WrestleMania match. Wow. I should apologize. No, you shouldn't. Um, I should be just more of a man. Step up to the plate. Zach, what do you think of it? Uh, it was a rumble. Um, it, I I thought that the, the Final Four was solid. It's exactly who I would have picked to be in the Final Four. No real big surprises. Um, I think that's one thing that people really look forward to with the Rumble. Um, I feel like you don't need a bunch of them. 
but you need like one or two surprises, maybe legends or something, just to really pop the crowd and be like, if I may, who's next? Yeah, go ahead. Braun Breaker at twenty was be- was supposed to be Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that would have made a I, big, I big, big deal. Braun Breaker is I mean, a deal for, for the wrong reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, let's say, God forbid, that none of this, none of these allegations came out, and you didn't have to worry about not bringing Brock in. Brock was set to be there at twenty, and that would have changed the tenor of this whole. Can level. I? Can I? I don't know. Maybe this is maybe this is a hot take. Maybe it's not. I mean, I think that Braun Breaker's a cooler number twenty right there to have that spot. Like that's more. Actually, I was going to say the exact same thing. I think it worked out for the better because he got to do all the spots that Brock was going to do. Yeah, and it really he took that and ran with it, man. You see how explosive that motherfucker was? <laughs> yeah, I know. Jesus, I've been. I mean, I. I I'm not saying you guys haven't been saying this either, but when I back when I was the only guy that watched NXT, I was like, "This Braun Breaker dude is for real," and he looked like he like somebody had just injected him with human growth hormone, like right before he walked in. Like he <laughs> he he was awesome. Um, my big takeaway from this Men's Royal Rumble, and it's the same thing that we were saying after Survivor Series. This roster is stacked with lots of dudes that are over. Let me read the 30 guys, okay? And we'll name the ones that just don't really have anything going right now, okay? Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso, Grayson Waller. Uh, uh, real, real quick, real quick. That was very cool, and yeah. I think that they didn't really get their due yeah. from that crowd. Because um, this is all leading to WrestleMania. They're going to have a singles match, I'm sure. And that was uh, a disappointing. Uh, Jos's entrance was cool, uh, you know, at number one. But uh, yeah, the crowd did a big disservice to them going one on one there. Yeah, and it's almost like I wish they would have saved this. But uh, no, no, no. As soon as Jay came out, I'm like, if they bring Jimmy out, that's gonna be the shit. As soon as I finished that sentence, Jimmy Uso came out. I was like, oh, I mean, uh, Grayson Waller, Andrade returning, Carmelo Hayes. Knock- oh, sorry, sorry. We need to slow it down real quick so we can kind of talk about these guys. No, no, Andrade. I just I want to go through them real fast and then come back. I just want to name them all just so I can say, look at these motherfuckers and how stacked they are. Nakamura, Escobar, Carrying Cross, Dom Mysterio, Carlito, Lashley, Ludwig Kaiser, Austin Theory, Finn Balor, Cody Rhodes, Bronson Reed, Kofi Kingston, Gunther, Ivar, Braun Breaker, Omos, Pat McAfee, JD McDonough, R-Truth, The Miz, Damian Priest, CM Punk, Ricochet, Drew, and Sammy. The only fucking jobber in the bunch is Ricochet. <laughs> Come on, they man. usually trot some fucking jobbers out there. There's no jobbers here. Um, over I'm, just, just, I'm just saying. Making a go dinner, catching a stray. That's a lot of guys. Okay, Zach, sorry. What what were your thoughts about Andrade? Um, I, I didn't think that it was uh, terribly impactful like uh, – and the crowd didn't seem all that hype. And I don't know if it was new entrance music, the fact that he came out in a mask initially, uh, but even when he took off the mask, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, I don't know if that's really, you know, like the guy didn't get that. He was really good in NXT. They, you know, saw him as a top guy down there. He came up, didn't really get all that, treated all that well 
went to AEW and then just could not wait to get back to WWE. And it's the same shit with like, you know, if Alistair Black's fucking contract was up or fucking Buddy Matthews or any of those dudes that are just aching to get back to WWE. I mean, there's so many guys on there that are actually looked at as like superstars. They aren't going to get that same kind of play um, on the main roster right now with, with the roster they've got, just because like you were talking about how stacked it is. It's like Andrade is going to be right back in that United States championship like area. Um, you know, they've got so many guys on top that, you know, it, it, maybe it's a bigger, it's a bigger stage and stuff, but um, I think I get like the treatment that he, that he thinks that he deserves. I don't think. I just don't um, remember being think. on the main roster that long. It's like, Shit. is everybody really, the, I like, I remember us, we were real high on Andrade after he had those uh, title matches, after he had the title run in NXT because he had a couple just absolute bangers. I think one against, against Gargano. And yeah, that was a five star match. There was another one, might have been Alistair. I think it was Alistair Black. That mm-hmm. was also awesome. But I mean, like Zach said, he didn't do anything on the main roster. He went to AEW and basically sat on the shelf for eight or nine months before Oof. he came back. And then they ran him real hard. And uh, now he's back. It's like I didn't expect him to get, or I, I don't, was he, ex- was he expecting to get a huge pop when he came back? I mean, I don't know. I Mr. Mean, Charlotte Flair? Dude, Trick Williams got a bigger pop than he did. No Dude. doubt. No doubt. Woo! Trick Williams. Did I skip past Trick wow. Williams? No, that was on uh, SmackDown when he came out and made the save oh, on, that's uh, right. that's on right. Carmelo. And that, that yeah. place fucking erupted. I was like, oh, oh. So Trick's over, over. Okay, good to know. Yeah. For me, the... Both the men's Royal Rumble and the women's Royal Rumble, just on a, a subplot level, was what what could be. Tiffany Stratton, Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, all people that are going to be on the, the top of this card in the next three to five years. You, they're going to win these uh, Royal Rumbles at some point. To me, that was more interesting. I won't say more interesting, but just interesting just in the sense of you didn't have a lot of surprises, and that's okay. You know, for me, I like surprises. You know, Andrade, I didn't even know who he was until they got real close. I was like, okay, this is Andrade. Yeah. Outside of that, there wasn't, like, huge surprises. McAfee late was what it was. The McAfee thing was an egg that I, I, I absolutely hated. It. I, I hate to use the word wasted spot, but – that almost felt like a wasted spot. We we've seen McAfee wrestle. Like he should get in there and mix it up a little bit. A little bit, but I mean, ESPN probably will you know prohibit him from doing such things. So you can have him come up, climb back over, whatever. He wasn't going to win. Whoever was going to be in that spot at twenty, fill in the blank, wasn't going to win. Bum, either, bum, so. bum. <laughs> Look, for me, I would have loved to see it if you were going to do it. You know, drag him on out here, too, and just go out with an embarrassment of riches. The final four came down to Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, and UCLA, (laughs) uh, which I was pretty cool with. I, I... Thought, hey, chalk, 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 and chalk. I thought here are the four guys that have a chance to win it, though. So this is this is cool. Uh, What do you think about the final four, Zach? Yeah, absolutely solid. This is exactly who I would have, if you would have, you know, said pick the final four, that's who I would have picked. Um, and, it, you know, the Cody and Punk coming down to the two, I love that idea because really that's who it was for the most part as far as, like, favorites 
Um, and then there was real drama in who's actually going to win because they're the two fan favorites to win. Um, I was like, man, I was like, Punk is just gassed, man. Like, he is just exhausted. I didn't realize that he was, like, legit hurt. But I just thought he was super tired. Um, so I didn't notice that he was hurt. So, uh, But anyway, um, yeah, overall, I think standout-wise, I mean, very cool for Cody. Uh, but standout-wise, I think the best part of the entire thing uh, was Braun Breaker, even though Pat McAfee was in in that mix, whatever, you know, he, he came in. I thought that was a, a total waste of space, like you said. But, um, man, I think they should put Braun with uh, Gunther at WrestleMania and have him go over and win the Intercontinental title. Ooh, that man. would be what I would do. That's really good. That's really good. Give him the pencil. Oh, I like it. Whoa. I like it. Um, Oof. Oof. Man, I just that could actually work. Totally forgot what I was going to say. Oh, um, I think it would have been cool if it was Gunther and Cody as the last two, just like last year. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm glad that Cody went over. Um, I, I thought it was a nice little touch where Punk said, yelled, I didn't come this far to <laughs> come all the way back to lose to Dusty's kid. And they lost. I thought the ending was kind of anticlimactic. Like he just took him and threw him. I don't know. Uh, but can you imagine if Punk would have won and then they been like, "Yeah, he's out for nine months." Oh. Like that would have been so bad, dude. Horrible. He sits next to Triple H, just chowing down a muffin, <laughs> <laughs> talking about how he's old, he's tired, and he works with sex <laughs> traffickers. <laughs> <laughs> You ain't shit. You telling the truth, but you ain't shit. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, Tony Khan was a child, but you know. Um, so, uh, overall grade for the pay per view. See, that's pretty low. Ugh. I, I, man, I, said, I don't know. I said B plus to Brett when I talked to him last night. I'll go. I'll B go plus. B, I'll go B now. Yeah, I'm thinking B. Yeah. Um, all right. So cool. Let's get to that to count. One, two, three. Two beer. What's the two count? Uh, two count. We had some uh, some AE dub. Um, John Moxley making Rampage worth watching. Uh, with uh, I was actually I watched this Rampage live uh, from a hotel room in Seattle, Washington. I went up to Seattle, uh, went to a Kraken game uh, versus the Blues. The Blues won in overtime. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, I ate a big greasy bag of Dicks. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, Dicks is like the Seattle in and out. Oh, I um, know. Oh, I know. I'm real good like burgers. One of the few things yeah. I liked about Seattle. Yeah, I've seen yeah, it, it was petty. legit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, my first time spending much time in Seattle, but I had a good time. And uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, Lee Moriarty versus John Moxley. You know, we talked about it last week with uh, Shane Taylor, and uh, he did something similar here, where you know gave Lee Moriarty a lot. A lot of this was to set up uh, the excellent opener on the Collision Show, though. And um, you know, I don't want to belabor anything. We don't have to spend like too much time talking about Rampage, but I don't know. Uh, did you guys get a chance to see this? I thought it was a pretty great match. Yeah, I watched Moxley and Lee Mor- Moriarty, and I watched the main event. Yeah, it was really good. Moxley is, 
I guess he wants to do the Orange Cassidy thing where he's like, I'm going to fight every single <laughs> episode of every single show that you guys have. I so. was thinking more like the uh, the Adam Copeland Copa open or whatever. You know, give me your uh, you're young, you're, you're tired. tired, you're poor, <laughs> you're huddled masses. We're going to fight them all. I, I totally forgot. Well, I shouldn't say I totally forgot, but I, for, uh, I guess it was Moriarty. Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta were like the three young guns that were supposed to be in line for the, that uh, Blackpool Combat Club spot. Obviously, it went to Wheeler Yuta, uh, little brother in masses, but the, I can't remember who brought it up on He's, commentary. He, he is the worst choice out of those guys. <laughs> I know, out of those guys, he really is. Now you look back on retrospect, like, God damn, they fucked up. I don't know if it was retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, for, I forgot who said it on commentary. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I forgot about that. So that was a nice little tie-in into the match itself. Moriarty, you know, looking good. Out wrestling Mox in a couple of spots, but obviously Mox was going over. And Wheeler does have something that Lee... And Garcia don't though, which is that extra chromosome. <laughs> God damn! <man. laughs> <Absolute fucking bullshit>. Get him. <laughs> um, anyway, messed uh, up. The uh, the main event though, I was looking forward to it, but it was sloppy. Um, even the finish, man, like the the Hurricane Rana, and he couldn't even get the legs. Like it just yeah, looked like shit. Yeah. Most of the match looked like shit. That's the bad. I'll go this far. The four guys that were in this match, I'm like, okay, well, two of these guys are basically eliminated right now, and that's the Butcher and Kip Sabian. These jokers ain't going to win. So you're basically down to Commander versus Vikingo. You can't have Vikingo lose in a, a title match because he's a champion. So basically you're down to one person. Who was it a couple weeks ago that said that Kip Sabian, the most he was ever over was when he had a bag on his head? Probably that motherfucker over there. <laughs> I don't remember it, but that's probably right. <laughs> I was probably say it's probably that motherfucker. Over yeah, there. I think the, I think the I think the, yeah. I mean, this match was okay. Uh, it's just Commander wrestles a lot too, man. He is all over the place, but yeah, it was cool. Uh, then we had that collision, which um, I'll be honest, man. Like this collision, as far as like wrestling went, was awesome, and I enjoyed it more than the Royal Rumble, which is bonkers. To say, I can't even believe I'm saying it. Someone but, else said that too, and I've, I've, I'm, I'm stunned that I'm even on. hearing this twice, yeah. much less one time. I, I don't. You can't say that. Royal Rumble's too much fun, man. <laughs> what? Damn. I, it, it, thing, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm surprised about it because I was so looking forward to the Rumble, and then like, whenever, whenever it was over, I was like, I'm gonna never watch that again. Like, I'll throw on Rumble, you know, sometimes, but like. I just I can't see myself ever rewatching that. Um, not that I'm gonna rewatch this collision. A, I don't really have an opportunity to do that. But uh, I mean, the main event of this could have, you know, been on a pay per view. The FDR Daniel Garcia versus House of Black. Granted, the rules were a little funky. It was like an escape the cage kind of thing. But I mean, this was a fantastic match. Um, it could have been on a pay per view for sure. Daniel Garcia coming out like Stone Cold Steve Austin with a head wrap and a chair. Um, you know, he used to do that shit when I was a kid all the time. Like, he'd be, like, hurt. He was like, ah, oh, this is hurt. Like, he ain't going to be in there. And then he comes out. <laughs> just beats everybody up. I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, the, you know, and they had, like, the, the drama where, like, Mark, Mark Briscoe's like, I'll be your ride or die. And they just throw him through a table immediately. <laughs> like, oh, like no. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dude, that... But Cash Wheeler jumped off a cage. Yeah, I know. This that was ma- cooler than anything on the, on the Rumble. That was quite – I did not – I didn't know Cash Wheeler had that in him. 
This match was uh, this match was hella fun. No, I was about to say when they do that uh, that power and gory spot where Dax does the suplex and then Cash j- jumps off and does the the the, uh, the high uh, yeah, the high he, spot or he whatever. Did, he did Jimmy Snooker though. Oh, I know, I know. Don't get me wrong. So, I mean, it's not like Cash can can't do it. It's just like you said, that's a Jimmy Snooker. When, J- spot. when Jimmy Snooker did it, it was a big enough deal that you could get away with murder. <laughs> <laughs> God damn! <laughs> and now Cash Wheeler's out there doing like a no big deal on a collision that's nobody watching Cash in Wheeler, front of nobody. Well, the night Cash of the Royal Rumble, even, he couldn't even get away with waving a gun at somebody. I was getting ready to say somebody's getting ready to say the gun joke, and somebody's going to say it quick. Say it, say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but then we had uh, also uh, not not going in order here, but my favorite match of the entire weekend uh, was on this show, which was uh, Brian Danielson versus Yuji Nagata uh, with Eddie Kingston on commentary. Like it was after Eddie's match with Willie Mack, which was uh, pretty good but very scary. Whenever Willie Mack tried mm. to do a standing shooting song, star yeah. press and laying it on his head, but um, so uh, he's on commentary and like. Dude, like, what a perfect person to be on commentary for this because he was able to mark out. Also, he's feuding with with, uh, Brian Danielson right now, but he has enough wherewithal to, like, be putting him over, uh, like, grudgingly and respectfully. But, dude, this match was awesome. It was, like, hard-hitting, you know, know, good submission stuff. Uh, Yuji Gata, like, grabs him and does, like, an exploder suplex and – Eddie Kingston's just like, I wish I could do an exploder like that. <laughs> and like, like, it was like an, a realistic thing. He wasn't. He was just like legitimately saying it was just a thing of beauty. Uh, but I, I mean, this is my favorite match of the weekend. I don't know what you guys thought. I mean, I loved it. Uh, I'd watch. I would watch Daniel Bryan wrestle a broomstick. Like I would actually do that. Um, <laughs> but he, it's, he'll get there. I mean, he's running through some people, so he might get there. I mean, he. But his matches are just. They're the best. I mean, really, like the two, probably the two guys I enjoy watching the most are Brian Danielson and Owens, I guess. You know, Logan Paul's a close third. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think of it, Jason? Um, I want to take a step back to the main event, the uh, House of Black uh, FTR Garcia match. Two things, just one. The escape the cage cause, they have it. It's just, you know, it's rarely used, but, you know, it's one of those things, pinfall, submission, escape the cage, whatever. They just use that one cause as the only way you can win it. So that's a little different. Neither here nor there. Wrestling matches should not have too many rules. I'm not disagreeing with you, brother. I'm just saying that this is just what it is. Number two, um, FTR and uh, Daniel Garcia, they're going to be that next trios champion i'm i can't decide which trios champion they're going to beat but it just having this match having them together is getting daniel garcia over more as a baby face because now they're positioning him as such but then it now it's going to give ftr and daniel garcia something to do going forward they should join uh the bang bang scissor gang and they can be (laughs) jesus the bang bang top scissor guys gang. 
<laughs> that was pretty good for impromptu. That was really fucking good. That was really good. <laughs> you taking Zach's spot, man. That's like two of this motherfucker, man. Come on, two beer. Wake up, motherfucker. Earn your paycheck. It's a big old super group. <laughs> like, and the then, fuck? uh,. Nice Caster's <laughs> new outline is going to be bottom guys out. <laughs> How has that, that joke out. not been told yet? It's only been two weeks. It's real good. Real good. I got to let the dog in. It's only uh, been two weeks. Okay. So, we go, you know, let's not give us too much of a grief because we just came up with that motherfucker. I'm sorry, three. Go ahead. <laughs> So you're fine. Uh, speaking of sexual innuendo, we had Tony Storm on commentary for uh, Mariah May and Lady Frost. Uh, whenever Tony, like, she cuts this promo and she's just talking about how um, oh, they are no. knuck- knuckle deep and there's no pulling out now. Man, so good. Um, she was saying that she's not welcome in Bossier City, Louisiana, because she had some race horses that had to be put down. It's like the most perfect thing she could have possibly said. Um, I loved it, um, but uh, yeah, this is this is pretty good. Um, I don't know, uh, Lady Frost. Oh, I, I haven't been super impressed with her other outings in AEW, but she looked good in this one. Um. I remember Lady Frost watching Lady Frost in NWA, and I liked her in NWA, and that's why I always like to see other um, Lady Frost, for example, enhancement in AEW. But in NWA, she was actually someone that you know was in the title chase. So I always like to see all kinds of matches from everybody, but neither here nor there. I'll say this about Tony Storm: I love the time with Tony Storm gimmick obviously you know i'm sitting there laughing my ass off about it as you, you're telling her you know some of the shit she said on a uh, saturday night i almost think at least for me and i was saying it on wednesday when uh she was on the uh the diana uh commentary for me i'm laughing so hard at what she's saying it's kind of taken away from the match itself and i'm not you know not saying that the matches are bad diana versus taya was pretty you know predictable so maybe that's why i wasn't watching nearly as hard as i I should be same way with uh mariah may and lady frost predictable you knew mariah may was gonna go over tony star was just coming out with some just off the wall just shit just shit that you i can't even believe that they're allowing her to say and i'm laughing my ass off every fucking time easily the crown jewel of the women's division right now without question she is so fucking entertaining i don't want her to lose the title anytime soon that means i love diana Prazo. she's going to have to take a l on this one because i'm sorry you can't take the title off tony storm just yet yeah they need to turn her baby face because everybody loves her um but she can still be the same character but people just love yeah, her you know yeah. just have her face off again Heels from now on. Yeah, I was going to um, say Mariah May is going to factor in that, but we got to let that play out. Yeah, but yeah, it's not just that she's a good wrestler and that this gimmick's very creative, but she is very good at it, and she's like genuinely funny. So, um, yeah, she's a she's a real catch, uh, good for juice. Um, and then uh, Orange Cassidy versus Commander. Um, I don't know what you thought about this, but. This was not as good as I thought it would have been whenever I put it together in my head. But I think maybe it was like they tried to do a lot. And I don't know that Commander speaks a ton of English. And, uh, yeah. you know, 
I think that might have been it. It just seemed a little, um, I don't want to say sloppy, but just like not off. 100% crisp. Yeah, a little bit off. Um, you know, everything's kind of maybe half a step off um, than what you would think because both these guys are so fantastic. So, obviously, you you agree. You felt kind of the same way. Yeah. Um, obviously, once again, you, you knew how this was going to end. But, no, I, I expected this to be a lot more crisper, you know, even when you had – Roddy and company kind of out at ringside. Was that the week before uh, when Roddy and them were out at ringside? Am I missing? It was was this week. Yeah, yeah, they were out there. Uh, Even with them out there, I I still thought. I think they're out there every time, but they were out there this time, too. Yeah, I was thinking with them out there that he would be, he being commander would use them as like part of his like attack move. You know, he can hit Orange Cassidy and then, you know, hit Roddy, hit, you know, Taven, hit Bennett, come back in, you know, attack Orange Cassidy. That's the way I had it in my head. And it, it, a, it didn't play out like that. And the times that they did try to do it, it just didn't work out for whatever reason. Someone was a step behind or a step too fast or whatever the case may be. So, I mean, in that scenario, yeah, I agree with you. I expected a, a little better of a match and for whatever reason i'll let you fill in the blanks if you saw the match you can judge for yourself it just never came out that way so it was a little disappointing it was already kind of like you know okay you know who's gonna win but now i need the match to be good and the match wasn't good so it was kind of like yeah okay what else you know commander be fine orange cassie's gonna move on and then obviously you had uh a little beef post-match or whatever the case may be, which was unfortunately more interesting than the match itself, but whatever. Yeah, uh, but the opener, speaking of, was definitely a good match, speaking of good matches. Um, that Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty versus Blackpool Combat Club, which was Moxley and Claudio, uh, this was badass. Super physical, brawling inside and outside the ring, uh, really showcasing Moriarty. Um, you know, I would not be opposed to them expanding. I think the Blackpool Combat Club could be bigger, especially because they don't really do, you know, it seems like Claudio will tag with one or the other, but we don't ever see like Danielson and Moxley doing much together. Um, well, you know, bring Danielson's, in, you know, obviously on the way out the door. So you would assume that his spot yeah. is going to get, you know, replaced at some form or fashion, you know, now, you know, when, when and where they want to do it, I'll, I'll let you tell it. But, uh, um, I'd be fine with the with the Daniel Garcia with Lee Moriarty. Uh, I I think they should bring in like a like a Serena Deeb or like a Marina Shafir or something. Like bring a woman in. Um, they were saying well, that. I don't know if Moxley had said it, but he did say Marina Shafir. You know, should be the first you know woman member of the Blackpool Combat Club. That you know that means anything at all. I'm all down for you know at least having one woman as a part of a faction, so that way. It's another way to get a, a storyline in. It's a easy way to get a storyline in. Yeah, I mean, I hear I hear women really like the BCC. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Okay, now that door is closed. So Aaron was like literally standing right here when you yeah, said but she that. Couldn't, she hear couldn't hear it. I know that's what the great part about it. You just said it. I'm just like, ah, oh, this is an amazing line. <laughs> That's good. You should have asked her. She was right there. <laughs> Wait a second. Her husband's sitting right here, for Christ's sake. I can't. I don't know how to work her computer. Who knows what she's got saved on there? 
But uh, Moxley wrestled Hardy on dy- to open Dynamite, and um, like this was a, a fine match. Moxley was on every show, but um, hold on, he, I, I do uh, want to say that I never got to say this line, but um, you were saying you like Collision better than the Royal Rumble, and I was like, well, Collision had one thing that the Royal Rumble didn't. Matt Menard, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, man. Damn, you a flip-flopping ass motherfucker, boy. I swear to God. <laughs> I can just admit when I'm wrong. <laughs> you ain't shit. Go ahead, Three Beer. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, um, John Moxley uh, wrestled Jeff Hardy January 2024. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Overall, um, this match or this match was just okay. This show overall was just kind of okay. Next week, though, as Woo! we talk about things like angles, next week is looking so good. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, what you guys think of this match? Um, it was fine. Go ahead. It was better than I thought it would be, um, but I had pretty low expectations. So now, I, well. I did, too, and I'd be lying if I said otherwise. I guess the relaxed rules or whatever they're calling it, where you could basically just, you know, do anything without killing each other, you know, helps Jeff Hardy in Jeff Hardy style and ultimately getting the match over. Swerve was last week, same thing. Now this week with uh, Moxley. So you got guys that can, you know, basically keep up with this hardcore, for lack of a better term, match that you have going on. I guess at least they're telling a story with them. Yeah, uh, Box League uh, getting the the old fuck you at the end. Uh, his face somewhere, that's got to be, a, uh, you know, some sort of meme or something. I mean, his that was the best part of the whole thing. He looked at Jeff Hardy and was like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? you he know, did I have a really be, funny look on his face. Yeah, I was like, I will kill you. Yeah. You know, you do that shit again. So, I mean, that part was the, the interesting post-match part. And then, well, one of the interesting post-match parts. I'll let you talk about the other part, uh, Three Beer. Yeah, yeah so- but it was a perfect example of, of Moxley uh, and his, like, great, like, comedic timing that he never should have let Vince McMahon see. Yeah. I mean, that's about him. right. That's about right. That gas uh, mask. The gas mask. Mm, yeah. God damn. So, uh, he really is funny, though. I don't know if I, I showed you guys. Uh, I found, like, some, like, just, like, it was, like, a Dean Ambrose, like, clip and uh he was like he was like cutting a promo on ec3 this is like yeah that's an insane thing to, to, to even say right now yeah but uh, too. Yeah. it was like it was like whenever he was like kind of feuding with nia Jax. but um man talk about just making chicken salad out of chicken shit like he fucking just murdered ec3 harder than ec3 like murders himself on twitter um <laughs> anyway uh, sorry, I'll uh, get back on track here. Uh, we had the singles debut of Toa Leona, who was a very impressive Samoan wrestler, versus Hangman Adam Page, who was a very impressive Virginian wrestler. And <laughs> I was wondering where are, he was going to go with that one. <laughs> um, man, uh, this was not necessarily just your typical uh, Page match. He gave uh, Toa Leona a lot. Uh, I think he made him look really good, and I don't think Toa Leona needs, like, a ton of help in that. But as far as, like, singles matches, not something we've seen. Um, I don't think Hangman gets enough credit. He is uh, an absolute uh, 
fantastic wrestler, and I think he does do a lot, especially with the Swerve uh, feud. He's doing a lot to help still carry the promotion, even though he's not the champion. Yeah, he carries himself like a main eventer, and uh, he wrestles like one. So I'm always happy to watch a Hangman Page match. Really looking forward to the match next week. That's going to fucking rule. Um, wasn't Taya Leona in Bad Boys? Wasn't she married to David Duchovny for a while? <laughs> wasn't that her yeah. name? Uh, it, it was uh, Taya Leone. Yeah. Hey, man. Taya Leone? Taya Leone. She, he's Toa Leona. She's Taya Leone. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm never going to get that right. <laughs> That's so funny. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm never going to get that right. Hey, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to need you to act right. <laughs> say, act say, like him, say him right now. <laughs> say the wrestler and then say the girl. Uh, the girl is Tia Leone. Uh, no, just say him kind of fast. No, which one's sure. which? <laughs> I mean, of course Go you're going to fuck that up. <laughs> Uh, Taya Leone and Toa Leona. Ooh, pretty good. <laughs> Not bad for pretty the English good. Majors. Not bad. Lots of vowels. <laughs> uh, no, I agree with Zach. I thought uh, Toa Leona looked really good for uh, And I thought he would be uh, a nice competitive, not competitive, but just nice physical matchup for Adam Page himself. Um, they, they just rang the bell and just let him come out and swing. And I think that was the best way to make Toa Leona look good. Those Gates of Agony dudes, they rule. Yeah, and w- once again, I, I was watching the match. I'm just like, man, they're not tag team champions. I just, I just don't get it. I mean, not even really feel like they're even in the mix for tag team titles, you know. Now it feels like they're kind of going to break them up from Brian Cage a little bit, so maybe this will be the opportunity to do it. But the fact they're not even being mentioned as a tag team just blows my mind. Uh, we had Wardlow versus Commander. Um, it went exactly how you would think. <laughs> Although uh, Wardlow looks like he got hurt in this match, so he was looking pretty angry at the end. Uh, saw on Twitter that he got he got checked out from the doctors post match and everything's okay. So, whatever it was, he he walked it off. Uh, we had a kind of a continuation of the Chris Jericho Don Callis situation with uh, Jer- Chris Jericho versus Kyle Fletcher. Um, you know, good for Kyle Fletcher. You know, he's like the ROH TV champion, which I did not realize at all. But um, <laughs> I just don't have time for that shit, man. But, I know, I, uh, dude, I'm not mad at, at you per se. I'm more mad at how ROH has failed in my expectations coming in. I don't watch it anymore, so I ain't, I can't be mad at you for watching it. He won it on the pay per view that we watched, watch though. Yeah, number. But, but, yeah. but even oh, still, right I, yeah, I forgot. yeah, and even still, I'm not even laughing. That's still what I'm not laughing about. I'm laughing at the fact that. I had expectations for ROH here, and then they're down here for my expectations. So that's why I'm laughing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I get you. Um, but, I mean, Fletcher's a, a dope wrestler, and this is, um, you know, they they had a good match. Uh, you know, good TV match. Uh, and, of course, uh, Jericho pins, you know, the TV champion, but it's not a uh, – not a title match, but I mean he is Chris Jericho. He is. Hey, so I, is I it me? Is it me or does Jericho look shook? Define shook. 
like, like since the whole allegation thing and like since, since the crowd turned on him you mean yeah since the crowd turned on him like he's shell-shocked but um, maybe i'm maybe that's what i'm bringing into it he's just got a weird energy i think uh i mean i think you're right i'll be I'd be interested to see what uh uh brett has to say about the cruise um and how people you know treated him because it's his cruise um, so. Yeah, lots of bush light on that cruise, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody gave a fuck. Nigga, you age uh, Young Bucks had some really, really, really good segments on here. Um, backstage with Renee, outside with a with a production assistant that they find $500. Um, for calling him Matt uh, and Nick. Yeah, for calling him Matt and Nick. Instead of... <laughs> He say instead of uh, Nicholas, says, like instead of Matthew John, or no, he's like he says our first thing would say like Nicholas John, or it was, it was like Nicholas Gene. something, and then he said Nicholas Gene. They says Matthew Ron John. I was <laughs> like, what? <laughs> he acted like he just no sold it too. He didn't like he just immediately like I think Jackson is fucking funny, dude. I had a um, roommate. I have a buddy that we call Ron John. Like, his name is Ron John. We call I him. remember that. Yeah. Uh, I used to live with him in Columbia. Um, so when he said Ron John, I popped hard. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But, um, you know, more more Tony Storm on commentary while Deanna Prazo beat Taya Valkyrie. And Taya Valkyrie also had a little makeout session. It was, it was like Taya and Johnny makeout tonight. So, um that was okay. It was just setting up Deanna for um, Tony Storm more. Uh, and then we had the main event, which was Swerve Strickland versus Rob Van Dam, of all people. And uh, they actually had a pretty solid, you know, main event TV match. Uh, surprisingly solid. Uh, it was a hardcore match. So, you know, RVD really got after it. And uh, Joe was on commentary, which was cool. And, uh, you know, but yeah, uh, overall, it was a fine episode of Dynamite pretty standard uh nothing like that collision but it sets up a fantastic next week because we have sting and darby allen versus uh um the champs uh ricky starks and big bill and they had a, a nice face-to-face uh with tony shivani between them but um that's going to be awesome because that is uh sting going for a title before his retirement i think that match is huge do we have adam page and sort of circling three both of the other ones were stole the show on the shows that they were on. Absolute bangers. I mean, that's like a pay-per-view level main event. Um, what else do we have next week? Is there, uh, am I missing anything? I really liked uh, when Sting, at the end of that sit-down with Ricky Starks and Big Bill, said, I've always hated talk, which is like me saying, I've always hated dunking basketballs. It's like, yeah, dude, it's because you're not good at it. No! <laughs> Because he can't do it. Two years not saying a word. (laughs) The most popular he ever was was whenever he was completely silent for two years. That's your that your hero, man. You just figurative bag on his head. (laughs) Jesus. But it's so. I mean, he's a totally. He's still. He's. I mean, I love Sting. I still do. Uh, If I met him in real, he's one of the few people. If I met in real life, I would like really mark out for. it, but uh, I mean, it, I can still poke fun because I've never really thought his voice matched his body. Um, I don't know what it is like. You act uh, like he's can, Mike Tyson or something, man. No, it's not like that. It, it's not like that. It's just it, the coolest he ever was 
whenever he was when he didn't say a word. And that was the coolest he ever was to me. Looked like uh, when I was a kid. Um, and then whenever like the first thing that he said, I remember the first thing that he said whenever JJ uh, Dillon took the title off of him after the terrible Starcade '97. It was on an episode of WCW Thunder, and he just grabs the mic Thursday and he says to JJ Dillon, "He says." You got no guts. That's all he said. And I was like, two years? And that's what we're like. <laughs> you, waited, you waited two years for that shit? Hey, uh, so, no, yes, those are two big matches. But I do want to say, that, can I shit on something here real fast? The Bang Bang Scissor Gang sure. thing, that has to be, I mean, the Bang Bang Gang has to turn on them soon, right? They're not going to yeah. ride this thing out, right? Because that segment on Wednesday night was bad. Bad. Max Caster is in this zone now where he tells, like, only inside jokes. And it's really bothersome to me. And uh, I don't like this pairing at all. And I hope they break him up soon because this sucks. I hope they I hope they turn on him. Like, I'd say give it maybe two more weeks tops. Turn on him to unify those titles and have a match to unify the titles. They better not uh, have the Acclaim turn on the Bang Bang Gang. They cannot... Oh, my God, that would be terrible. Dude, it might happen. Um, they might overthink it. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm wrong. I'll go with uh, just speaking of overthinking it, and if you, if you want to move on, we can. Um, obviously, we have the tag team title match. I think uh, the third match you might be thinking of uh, – Zach is uh, BCC versus the uh, the CML, CMLL guys. But oh yeah, yeah. Um, we got Brian Danielson versus uh, I forget his name because uh, I mean Hitch- the CMLL guy Hitchiro. It's like yeah. Hitchiro uh, or something. Hitch- thank you, Hitchiro. Yeah. Um, well, that's probably not right either. It's H E C H I C E R O. You know, goddamn. Look at you, you fucking journalist. As a journalist, I usually write things down, <laughs> but I forgot to. And you just busting out the spelling. Well, I, I had to put it on Twitter, so that's the reason I remember it. Um, those three matches are going to be the big matches on next week's SmackDown. But just Sting and Darby versus Big Bill and Ricky Starks. There was that last segment just before the main event where the Bucks and uh, Darby Allen crossed paths. They had a little beef, and then uh, I think it was Nick that said, you know, maybe we're going to have to get their attention. You know, oh, yeah, we're going to have to get their attention next week. I'm just throwing it out there. Sting and Darby have been undefeated all the way up to this point. The Bucks could get in, involved in this match. I'm not saying that they're going to cost them the titles, but I would be a little surprised if they weren't somewhere involved in next week's match. I'll go that far. What do you guys think, uh, early prediction, uh, you think Sting and Darby won the titles or no? My hope is no. My gut is yes. I think they're going to. Yeah, I think they're going to, too. I just can't see. I mean, I think we've said it for a while. I'm not going to pick against Sting until... I got to see it. I mean, if I lose picking against Sting, I got to feel pretty good about that. <laughs> the only reason I see them losing is the Bucks get involved. If it's straight up and no no fuckery, I, I can't see Tony Khan not putting Sting and Darby over for the tiles and then having them drop it at a later point or just have Sting, you know, 
retire with the titles and then you figure it out from that point on. I can see that happen too. Uh, I hate that. I'm not saying I like it. I'm just saying I can see it happen. But yeah, big show next week. Big show next week. All right. Uh, that's going to do it. Is, are, is that it on AEW, Zach? That's all we got. Let's get that three count. That's all we need. Greco Roman cheese cloth. <laughs> That's so what? gross. And some of these asses in your face. Sorry, millennials. <laughs> uh, so the three count is CM Punk tore his tricep and he's going to miss WrestleMania. Massive news. Uh, massive news. People were penciling him in at WrestleMania for some big matches. Zach, what are your first thoughts when you heard the news? Uh, first thoughts were I prayed for this. No. <laughs> Unprofessional bullshit. <laughs> Man, what a what a great great promo from Drew McIntyre. Oh, they just, need to have. I mean, that's some major that's a major league promo. He said that shit. I was like, what? That's a major that's, that's a major league promo, dude. It's, it's my promo of the year so far. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, first thought, uh, it was it'd be, it's like that Patrick Stewart meme. I'm like, mild shock. And <laughs> that's about it. Like, you know, it's like, oh, the Punk's injured again, and uh, I'm going to jerk off tomorrow. Like, these are all things that... <laughs> Jason. These are all constant. Phil Brooks. Like, will death not... and taxes, <laughs> taxes and CM Punk getting an injury. God, how bad would it have sucked if he would have won the Rumble oh, and then dude. not been able to make it to dude. WrestleMania? Oh, oh, that would have just been the absolute just smack in the fucking face. Um, I love the fact that I think it was Zach brought it up on uh, Friends of BFR on Facebook. If, you, if you're not uh, joined Friends of BFR, shame on you one. Number two, go out and do it. Um, I did get mad when CM, CM Punk jumped into the crowd but that's different than what this happens here this is just this happens to anybody the move didn't look the move didn't look like anything right it's just now cm punk has gotten to the point where we had said we had said it beforehand when he came over you could only use him sparingly 15 20 minutes at a time nothing more than that now it's getting to the point where i don't know if you could use him at this point i mean it literally feels like every time he goes out he is getting hurt the fact that we have to put whatever plan that was in place aside because I felt like that Cody-Seth uh, segment on Monday night was a direct result of CM Punk getting hurt. If Punk didn't get hurt, I don't think we get that segment. Maybe there's just me overthinking shit again, but that's just what I do. Neither here nor there. It's a, it's a damn shame because I would, I would be lying if I said I didn't get invested in the Punk Cody at the end of the Royal Rumble and then I was thinking as Punk's looking up to Cody I was like okay not a big deal Elimination Chamber's around the corner Punk will be in it you can still continue this tease of whatever you want to do now this motherfucker ain't gonna be in this shit Drew's acting a goddamn fool and if he is not resigned or his contract is coming up you need to go ahead and resign him he is doing some of his best work post pandemic champion that he's done on the main roster, period, point blank. So this is going to, they're going to have to think on their feet here because I got to think they had WrestleMania pretty close to uh, set in their mind. And this throws a big old wrench into the machine 
because CM Punk was probably slotted for the main event night one at WrestleMania. I think that's kind of the conventional wisdom, and I'll go with it. I I thought it was going to be him versus Seth. So um, now who does Seth face? Uh, Seth Rollins comes out on Raw and cuts a promo basically I thought it was really bad. I thought it was a really bad look from your champ. He basically begs Cody to challenge him at WrestleMania. I think that makes you look weak as fuck. What do you think, Jason? Not a big fan of it. Um, it's kind of like what Three Beer was saying about Kyle Fletcher getting uh, pinned on TV as the TV champion. I was just kind of like, ugh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Come on, man. Not saying. You got a whole roster in the back that could do this shit. No need to have your TV champion getting pinned here. It does kind of appear for Seth to look like he's in a lesser, weaker position. He's a champion just like Roman is. So I don't see why he has to come to, you know, I hate to use the word beg, but that's the first words that's coming out of my mouth. I would have just came, if you wanted to go that route, Session just come out and be like, you know, bum me aside, you know, I owe you one. Hell, I owe you two. And now, you know, this is the chance for me to get my, you know, payback on you. I don't care about this knee. You know, I'm ready for you and me to, you know, be the main event, you know, just go a different route versus the route that they went because it felt like he came off as, you know, I need this. I'm begging you to do this. Don't do it like this. Don't be, you know, this kind of champion. You know, be the champion that your father would be proud of. Man, fuck that. He beat you twice. That should be up to three times. Okay, that should be the moral of the story. Fuck that. I owe you one. I got this bad knee. It ain't going to stop me. We should be wrestling for the uh, the title at WrestleMania. Go that route. Zach. Um, yeah, I didn't uh, – I'm not saying either you guys are, are wrong or both you guys are wrong. I just didn't see it that way. Um, I kind of saw him come out and kind of putting his title over Roman's and really kind of digging in at Roman more than kind of begging Cody. I thought, I thought it was kind of cool. I thought it, it was something I did not expect. And it was something that um, I think is also clever because, we, you know, we have a little bit of time between then and now, and then they, they can, you know, stretch it out, pop some ratings, make it a little bit less obvious, a little less telegraphed. But uh, I totally see your guys' point. It just wasn't my initial reaction. I mean, uh, I, I was okay with it. I see the point that you're making, too, about it being, I mean, it was all about Roman. Like, it was almost like putting over Roman as a bigger beast than he's actually than he's already booked. I mean, that's how it seemed to me. It was like, well, do we have to talk about him all the time? You know, does he always have to be the one that we talk about? The end Like of, so he's affecting this belt also? The end of the Royal Rumble. All roads was, lead to Roman. Was Cody pointing up at Roman? I'm like, "Okay, well, this is taken care of. Check. So now we're doing Seth Punk, check. So in my head, I'm already like, okay, so we got, you know, a little bit of WrestleMania. The main events are pretty much set. I mean, now I'm sitting here thinking about, like, is that really terrible booking? It is kind of wild just to have such a fucking dominant champion. It is just, I don't know. It's It's just so unique compared to what we've seen. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It's fucking crazy. But But this is why I'm glad they have a second title. Who is, of course, 
No doubt. Imagine the Hulk Hogan days. Who is Gunther going to face at WrestleMania, Zach? Uh, Gunther, I hope, Braun. And then Braun beats him. I think Seth is going to wrestle Drew. And I hope Drew resigns and beats him. I can't see Gunther losing at WrestleMania. Really? I just, yeah, I just I think that he's had such a great year that, that, that the type of thing that they do is not have guys like that lose at WrestleMania. He has not won the title yet, uh, the the big boy. Um, him losing kind of uh, promotes him, though, I feel like. I could see him losing like the next night on Raw. I just think at WrestleMania, he's the type of guy that they'll give a win to because it's WrestleMania, and they're, they're weird about that. He got yeah, it, I mean, he, he got, got one. Year, he got yeah. one last year, and he's gotten wins for the last. I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd be surprised if he held it until Mania and didn't lose it. I could see him losing it before Mania. Jason, who do you think he's going to fight? <laughs> Gunther's like fucking uh, rolling. We're running out of options at this point. Um, I think it's Seth, title for title. I, yes, honestly, yes, I, honestly, yes, yes, yes. I, honestly, yes. I was going to shit on that, but then I was like, wait a minute, Ultimate Warrior and Hogan did it, and it was Intercontinental versus uh, Hogan's tight heavyweight championship. I wouldn't be totally against it. You get both. You If you wanted to go stick to Punk, I'm sorry, stick to Cody Roman, this is an interesting option they did have that little uh segment where they both have respect for each other they both are title holders you know it would be a nice way to close out night one i mean both guys would have a dance partner um so who else was i thinking of here so is jay uso going to fight or wait are we getting Sami Zayn, drew mcintyre at wrestlemania that was the other match that i was thinking if drew's not going to be involved with seth in the title match, I think Sammy and Drew is a, is a pretty much not a slam dunk, but it, it's a layup at this point. Man, that's a really big WrestleMania match, Sammy versus Drew, don't you think, Zach? Yeah, I mean they've done it a couple times on TV recently, and it's been awesome each time. Um, this, you know, gave them time on a stage like that would be even better. Could really be the type of match that steals the show, at least for one night or the other. Agreed. Um, what else? Oh, so Jay Uso. I mean, thoughts. Um, seeing him coming out at one makes me think that this is going to be a big year for Jay Uso. I, I'm predicting a mid card title at some point in 2024 for Jay, and that will spring springboard him to the next step, the top of the card. But right now, um. Jay Jimmy feels like it's it's a, a layup for WrestleMania. It's just how we're getting there. I thought we would see more of that at the Rumble. We didn't. So uh, at some point, their their pass will cross again, and they'll make it happen. So I think Jimmy Jay is uh, is pretty much a, a made match. And just getting there is the, the issue. Damian Priest still has the money in the bank. The forgotten man uh, here in the Rumble lead up. Um, I won't go that far. Does Damian Priest cash in before WrestleMania, Jason? I thought he should have did it last week when Seth came out with one leg. I'm like, oh, <laughs> any place, any time feels about him right now. So, I mean, if if you look at it like that, they they kind of missed an opportunity or uh, passed on an opportunity to 
uh, at least have Damian Priest cash in. I, I'm going to say no. Yes or no? No. Zach, yes or no? Um, no. Uh, there were. I heard a rumor that it was supposed to be Brock Lesnar working a Dom. Brock Lesnar was supposed to be working Dom for a while. Yeah, it, Meltzer said it was uh, going to be Brock Dom at Elimination Chamber, and uh, whoa, 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 Dominic Mysterio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's a chance I mean, we get Braun? Do you think they're just going to do it? Do you think they're just going to let Braun Breaker wrestle? Dom? Because I mean, maybe. I think the whole idea with Dom... That would be a fun Brock. WrestleMania match, too. Braun versus Dom. Did they wrestle in NXT? I can't remember. I can't remember either. I was going to say that would be an easier way to... Well, not an easier. Uh, another connective piece to get you from point A to point B. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I just... I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't want Braun and, and Dom to cross paths just yet, you know, if that makes sense. All right. Uh, anything else from the main roster that I'm forgetting? No. I'm going to say no. No. Gunther beat Kofi. Jay beats Bronson Reed. Yeah. Uh, Judgment Day retains. Jax attacks Ripley. Uh, I think that's a that's going to tighter over until WrestleMania when we get uh Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch. Okay, uh, so uh, that's going to do it for our three counts. One, two, three. Man from ringside. <laughs> that's so stupid. Um, <laughs> so let's get through our predictions uh, real quick, and then we're going to have Brett Jagger on to talk about the Jericho Cruise. Uh, so we have NXT Vengeance Day this Saturday or Sunday, one of the two. I Sunday, 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 Sunday. So uh, coming up uh, for the finals in the Dusty Classic, we have the Wolf Dogs, Baron Corbin and Ron Breaker <laughs> versus Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. A lot going into this. Jason, who you got? <laughs> Corbin came out and called himself the Wolf Dogs. He had this. Me and Brian had the same reactions. Like, you said what, motherfucker? You That's just good. Talking That's that a shit good name. Last week. That's a good it, name. It is a good name. I, I'm gonna take the Wolf Dogs. I cannot see uh, Trick and Carmel being on the same page for this match somehow, some way. Wires are going to get crossed, and the heels will take advantage. I'm going to take the Wolf Dogs to win the Dusty Cup. Uh, I'm interested to see who you pick for another match here. Uh, Zach, who you got? Yeah, this one is a little tough, but, um, man, Wolf Dogs is pretty fun. We're going to have to let that ride for a little bit. I think that they might actually have Trick and Mello win it, though, to kind of – I know that we already have some tension there, so this might – Bring that, swing that pendulum back the other way and give them a success and give them a win. So I'm going to pick them for Chips oh, and Giggles. I already written you down. Okay. Gotcha. Great. Ass. I am taking Wolf Dogs. Also, I think that, well, I mean, you know, this might play into how I'm picking uh, the heavyweight match, but we'll see. So two Wolf Dogs and one for Trick and Mello. Uh, Ly- Ly- Lyra Valkyria. Versus Roxanne Perez for the women's title. Zach, who do you got? Um, 
I feel like a lot of it depends on if they're going to bring Roxanne up, um, which I think they should. Um, so I kind of feel like she should lose and then just go to the main roster because she's definitely ready. I don't know if they'll do that. Um, so I'm going to bid against Roxanne, even though, I mean, if, if she goes up, that's great. But I think... I think we'll keep it on Valkyrie for now, if not. So I'll pick Valkyrie. Sorry, right. I'm just like waffling here. I am taking Valkyrie also. I think that this is a good win for her. I think they like her a lot, and I think she's going to hold it for a while. Uh, Jason and Roxanne goes up. Jason, who you got? Yeah, I forgot to mention Roxanne is another one of the uh, the women that's it will be in a women's Royal Rumble, could possibly win, win a women's Royal Rumble somewhere down the line so uh not nearly as down as uh zach was on the rumbles women's or men's side neither here nor there i agree with you guys to me this is a liar valkyria that should retain i'm not sure if, uh roxanne goes up right away but at this point it kind of feels like what's left for roxanne to do uh there's not a mid-card title you know she doesn't have a tag team partner so you know, if there's a time for her to do it, you can bring her and Tiffany up, put one on one brand, one on the other. Oba Femi versus Dragon Lee for the North American title. Uh, I guess we never talked about this, that he basically kept, Oba Femi is the champion. He cashed in basically like a money in the bank on uh, Dragon Lee to win this. A uh, very large man, and he's uh, one of the NIL guys, one of the first NIL guys to kind of break through and make it the television as far as I know. I, I guess maybe Brown Breaker wasn't, but I mean, he's also Dog Way's Gremlins kid. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, uh, I am picking Obafemi here. Who you got, Zach? Yeah, same. They won't put it back on Dragon Lee. Wasn't even really supposed to have it in the first place. Right. Uh, Jason? Yeah, kind of disappointing how this is playing out for Dragon Lee. So I would you know, fingers crossed, he comes back to the main roster and uh, gets a main uh, mid card title uh, shot at some point. But yeah, th- unfortunately, it's just not going to happen on uh, Sunday night. I got over Femi too. The family: Tony D'Angelo, Stax, and uh, some chick with the last name Rizzo um, versus Adriana versus Out the Mud. Don't make me name those guys. Uh, who you got, Jason? Um. Lucian Price, Jada Carter, and I can't think of the third person's name from Out the Mud. If you give me a second, I probably could. Um, Out the Mud's a great name. That's okay. I'm going to take them. I'm going to take Out the Mud. Um, I'm going to say this is my upset pick of the week just for the simple fact that I don't think they, they should be winning this match, and I think a good way to get them as a credible, stable uh, faction, whatever you want to call faction, because they don't have a manager. Well, they they do have a manager. Scripps the manager, so we're calling them a stable. Uh, get them credible is to have them win matches like this over the tag team champions and their you know their sidekick is not for the title, so you can you know get a chance where you can run it back at a later point. I'm gonna take OTM. Uh, I should also say that I'm putting Obafemi as my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. Uh, Zach, who do you got? Yeah, I'll do that as well for Lead Pipe situation um yeah i'll say out the mud just because i like to say out the mud yeah i'm taking the family because uh well i shouldn't have to explain to you guys why right (laughs) 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 
It's just fucking around. Uh, I just think Tony D'Angelo. It's. It's. I think that they like him a lot. And out the mud, uh, kind of seem like jobbers right now. And the family's established, and they're just trying to give him something to do. So I'm taking the family. Uh, Jack, friend of me of the show, Jesus. versus Joe Gacy in a no DQ match. I'll go first here. I am taking Joe Gacy just because. Dijak never wins. Who do you got, Zach? <laughs> That's pretty astute of you, actually. Um, yeah, um, you're probably right about that, so we might just go the same way. <laughs> he's not, he's just kind of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just so bad So, who you got, Jason? The motherfucker got kicked off a damn truck into a dumpster and came out and accepted the match. Who the fuck you think I'm going to take? I'm taking Joe Gacy. I don't oh, even like man. this fucking we're all, character. Oh, we're all the same on that one. And then finally for the NXT Heavyweight Championship, we have Ilya Dragunov versus Trick Williams. Uh, Jason, I think I skipped you last time. Who are you taking here? I am taking Ilya uh, to retain, and I think this is where we finally see Carmelo show his hand and turn on Trick Williams. Pissed off that they lost the Dusty Cup. Now I'm going to make sure that you don't get yours either. I could be wrong. I hope they extend it longer. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Trick and Mellow as a uh, an angle. I think this might be a good time to do it. It would be heat on Carmelo from that point on because, like I said earlier, Trick is ridiculously over, I think, more so than most people imagined, especially seeing them on SmackDown. So, yeah, I'm going to take Dragon off to win, but the caveat, to, and that would be my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week, is Ilya Dragunov beating Trick Williams. But I think in concert to that, I think Carmelo somehow, some way turns on Trick Williams and then you have a mellow Trick rivalry going forward. Zach, who you got? Uh, yeah, this one's tough. Um, but I do think um, just because I feel like Dragunov has been good before he was in NXT. Trick Williams was not Trick's a guy that's really grown in NXT. I think that he needs a run with the title to kind of get him 100% ready for the main roster. And uh, I'm going to go with Trick Williams. Yes, I love it. I love the moxie. I am not. I'm going to leave Dragon <laughs> off. Um, the <laughs> say, go ahead and jump. I'll be right behind I mean, you. I, no, I'm I, not. I hate the. I hate to you know to go back and forth and try to cover all my bases and say, you know, I'm picking Dragon off. But if Trick wins, I won't be surprised. So that way, there's no I way. I will be surprised. To, if Trick wins. Um, I would be surprised, but I'd be pleasantly surprised. I'd be like, that's a that's that's some good booking. You know, striking while the iron is hot. The the way that you know this Carmelo Hayes Trick Williams story is so good. And the idea of Trick Williams wrestling in the finals, uh, just leave him. And uh, Trick William and Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams wrestling in the finals of the Dusty Classic on the same night that Trick Williams is getting this match with Dragunov, and they're at the the point in the story where we don't really know how they stand. That's compelling. That's a really good fucking angle, man. They got a, and there's they got a lot an opener of, and a closer for and, that show. And. It, there's a lot of different plausible ways they can go. All that would work. Yeah. They could win the Dusty Cup, and then Trick could win the heavyweight belt. Or they could lose the Dusty Cup, and Trick could win the heavyweight belt, and then Carmelo just 
his jealousy just grows, and grows, and grows until he grows, finally turns, turns on, on him. And then you get them uh, in a match WrestleMania weekend for the belt, like stand that. and deliver. So, I think I just talked myself into Trick Williams. <laughs> I love the moxie. <laughs> Wait, I'm jumping with you. Uh, I'm taking Trick Williams. It makes sense. Um, so, uh, that's, you know, there's a couple matches on there that I really want to see. That looks like it's going to be a fun fucking pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was going to say, Obi Femi, I think, is going to be a, a monster superstar. I'm is it Saturday or Sunday? It's Sunday. Okay. It's, uh, I think Obi Femi is going to be a superstar. In the making, I'm curious to see how strong they have him look against uh, uh, Dragon Lee. Obviously, the main event, the Dusty uh, Finals, it's all it's it's all right there. It's going to be a very very interesting Sunday night. All right, and that is going to do it for our NXT Vengeance Day predictions. <laughs> All right, so we are back with a very special guest. We have Brett Jagger from the Phoenix Splash Podcast. Jason's other co-host. Jason's worlds are colliding here <laughs> I was just on the Band from Ringside Podcast. <laughs> Brett Jagger, welcome to the show. Thank you. And to steal a line from my good friend and JCB's wrestling lord and savior, high five, Tom. Gentlemen, how the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you just got back from the Jericho Cruise, is that correct? I sure did, about two days ago, and I am, uh, I'd say, just now fully recovered. <laughs> how did this come about? How did your trip on the Jericho Cruise come about? Yeah, happened quickly and pretty recently. So a good buddy of mine from college who lives down in Florida. I live in northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area. Guy I don't really see a lot. He's also a wrestling fan. I had known he had bought like a cabin. Like you have to buy him like in February, basically, like a year in advance. So he told me then and I just didn't think about it because I wasn't really ever planning on going. And then probably, I don't know, two months ago, two and a half months ago, Tops, he hits me up and he's like, hey, you want to go on the cruise with me? I'm like, well, fuck, I'd love to, but I can't afford it right now. I had just gotten a job. I was in debt, yada, yada, yada. Sure. Never in my mind was it a, was it a possibility. And he's like, well, girlfriend can't go. I can't find anyone to go with. You get a flight to Miami and that's all you need to do. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, so uh, had to yeah had to clear it with work because my boss's wife was due like right around the same time, and he's like, "We'll be fine." Go. Fortunately, she gave birth about a week before. All is well. Is your boss's so, wife uh, Alexa yeah, Bliss? <laughs> Unfortunately, not. But. Uh, <laughs> Well, the thing, the thing about it, too, is remember, what, end of December when the the allegations or what have you, the Kylie Ray shit in Jericho came sure. up, you know, at that time, I still hadn't bought a flight. I was planning on going, but just hadn't pulled the trigger officially, and I'm like, well, shit. I mean, what if, you know, who knows, people drop out, whatever. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, well, let's give it a few days, see what happens. Obviously, nothing came of it. And, like, once they started adding, you know, plenty of – they started announcing wrestlers, matches. Swerve was on there, which, you know, he's certainly one of the hottest things going now. I'm like, well, okay, I guess all is well, and I'm in. So I probably bought the plane ticket, like, less than a month before 
going. So, Swerve. yeah, really came about quickly and unexpectedly. Swerve was on? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? yeah. yeah. Swerve, Let me grab Swerve Nana, Gates of Agony. Yeah, if you guys were in person, I sent Jason a pretty <laughs> hilarious picture of me and my buddy Luke with the whole gang. I'm going to put it on, uh, on our thread for uh, – BFR, you, you guys. So, gonna, how many matches? How, how many nights were you on the cruise? So it was four nights total, and there was wrestling every every night. Some of it was like two sessions, so there'd be like a late afternoon session and the night session. So, I would say about two and a half to three hours a day. And I've never. Um, how many cruises have you been on? I've never been on a cruise. Never been on a cruise. <laughs> that was that was my first as well. And the. Uh, I don't know. I'm just thinking about them wrestling on a boat. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter, but I mean, like. <laughs> it wasn't until the, the fourth night. So, like, first two days, you really couldn't tell you were on a boat unless you were looking at the water. But, like, the last two days, it was a little. The seas were were mean that day, my friends. And it was a little rougher. Like an old man trying to return soup at a deli. Yeah, like, it, it got a little weird at times. But, and, like, you're thinking, like, shit, I wonder if, if this affects them in the ring. It certainly didn't appear so in any way, shape, or form. But, yeah, it got, got a little bumpy at times, especially when you're hungover. Like, funny story, we, you had, like, depending on when you bought your tickets, you got, like, access to certain photo sessions. So, like, we, every, you know, we got one with Jericho. You know, they're pushing people through. Like, you literally get, like, five seconds with them, but... We're in this fucking huge line of just marks and nerds, which I say that lovingly as possible. Sure. Everyone on the trip was fucking was cool as fuck, but we're all a bunch of fucking marks and nerds. Let's yes, be sir. real. So I had already puked that morning due to probably drinking too much and truly being seasick. Like I was just starting to get nauseous as hell. Yeah, so literally. Five minutes, everything had been great up until this point. It ended up great. But anyway, uh, five minutes before walking out the door to get in line to meet Jericho, I puke out pretty much what's left in my body. He had probably puked <laughs> like, five okay. minutes before also. Yeah, I can almost Jericho. guarantee I can guarantee you that. He had sunglasses on, so did I. But anyway, I'm like, how the fuck am I going to stand in this line for, you know, 30, 45, however many minutes, you know, we're 10, 15 minutes in, maybe we're just in the middle of a swath of people, you know, they've got the barrier things up, you're walking through the maze, whatever. And I'm like, to my buddy Luke, I'm like, dude, I don't think I'm going to make it. <laughs> and probably there was, there three was to that five many people on the cruise. There were 2,100 people. Oh my God. Jesus. But it didn't. It didn't really feel like it, except at like the very beginning. They could have shot when, like, everyone's there. there. <laughs> absolutely, they absolutely could have. <laughs> but to finish that story real quick, because we probably got a lot to get to, and you're just grilling me here, and I love it. Um, but anywho. Three to five minutes later after that, I got to exit the line. I got to go puke, which literally was just Coca-Cola at this point because that's all I put in my body. And then I go back in line. I'm like, well, you guys have like a barf bag or something? Because at this point, like, you know, the boat's rocking. Everyone knows that, you know, it's affecting some worse than others, whatever. 
but they're like, well, maybe we can just push you to the front. And this girl like gets on a walkie talkie and sure enough, we just jump right to the front of the line and skip probably, you know, 200 people. Yeah. It, was fu- <laughs> it was fucking tight. Yeah. But again, like and I had actually met Jericho at a, like a rock concert because it's literally just, it's a music festival on a boat with wrestling and comedy as well. And any Turner, any, any corner you turn, there could just be a wrestler standing right next to did, you. Did, so, power, did Powerhouse Hobbs unhook the velvet rope to let you to the front? Uh, <laughs> stop. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and Private Party was standing right there ripping shots. God damn. Don't encourage the motherfucker. <laughs> but it. I had met Jericho briefly the night before at a show. Just you know, it's, it's, it's The first time I'd seen him just milling about. But I just had to say, and I was alone, quote unquote, with, you know, every, you're, not, you're never really alone, but I wasn't with my buddy or like friends I had made. So I'm just drunk, milling about at this show, throwing rubber chickens in the air because that's just what's happening. And I'd see Jericho and I'm like, well, I got to say something. And I just go and it's like, hey, man, thanks a lot, blah, blah, blah. And I bring up fucking Slambury 98 and him doing the introductions and the cruiserweight battle royal. I think I mentioned one other line, and he actually, like, laughed. He's like, ha, 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 that's pretty good, blah, blah, blah. Shook his hand, walked away. Which is a very cool fucking moment for someone, you know, whatever, yeah, whatever allegations, yeah, he's probably a piece of shit like a lot of these guys, whatever. He's still one of my favorites of all time, and that was a life highlight right there. And then he was like, uh, can I get a gin and tonic or something? <laughs> I actually did a funny story about Lance Archer. So that first off, I'm six foot three. I got a picture with this motherfucker. He makes me look tiny because uh, yeah. he is a big, big man. But he was one of like the photo sessions I went to. Did he wrestle? Which actually was very. He did. He ended up in the Don Callis family with. Um, They're doing was angles. It, Fletcher. Well, I, Mark Davis was advertised on the cruise, but he, to my knowledge, he's still hurt, and he wasn't there, so they Lance Archer <laughs> took his spot. Oh, I thought maybe – I wonder if they offered to give you your money back because uh, Mark Davis wasn't on the cruise. <laughs> they they should have. They really should have, damn it. But Dave, Davis isn't um, here? I'm driving back home. I say, pull this I'm, motherfucker I'm out. <laughs> Renting a car. Drop me off in the fucking ocean. <laughs> I forget. I forget the point I was even trying. What was I trying? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm having, I was going. I was going somewhere. Lance Archer. Lance Archer. Having a lot of fun with this. Oh yeah. Me. Me too. It was fucking great. Um, so I'm in the line for Archer. I have a beer with me. His line. I chose his line over Swerve at the time because I just knew it would be short and I could get through it quicker. Um, it's like, first off, you gotta like give someone your phone to take the picture. And I just fucking blow right by that person to walk up to Archer. I'm like, so Osprey and Dallas favorite match of your career. (laughs) 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 Go straight for it. And he's like, yeah, that's definitely up there. And then he's like, you gotta give him your phone. (laughs) I'm like, oh shit. (laughs) Fucking like fumble my phone out. And then he's like, what, you bring a drink and don't bring one for me? And then I kind of, ha ha, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, get the fuck out of (laughs) here. And I'm just fucking dying laughing at this point because it's just fucking hilarious that this is happening. So I find Lance Archer later 
beeline towards him. I'm like, hey, I owe you a drink. He's like, fucking right you do. And I'm like, I don't want to die. And he's like, well, everybody dies. <laughs> this is just fucking nonsense here. So I'm like, what do you want? Of course, double whiskey Coke Zero, which is like 22 bucks on the cruise. And sure enough, I bought bought it for him and didn't talk to him for you know a minute or two and that's just one of many stories that's a that's a hell of a story um so four nights was it in the caribbean uh so it, we started in miami and then went to cozumel mexico and then back after that gotcha some more gotcha uh zach do you have any questions for brett jagger about the jericho cruise uh, like as far as, uh, matches, just like all party matches, I would say by and large, yes, definitely had like a house show vibe to it more often than not. Um, but so they had, I don't know if you guys remember last year or if you saw, they had like invented this o- Jericho oceanic championship that Matt Cardona had won. So going into it, they announced they had announced a handful of matches, but the one that caught my eye was it was Speedball Mike Bailey versus Michael Oku from RevPro. Not sure if you guys are familiar with him um, for like the shot, yeah, for the shot at Cardona. And going into it, I'm like, well, that's going to be the match of the cruise, and it blew everything away. Like you know, there were a couple, there were definitely other serious matches along the way, but that one was a fucking banger. And they just beat the piss out of each other. And was, um, was Cardona if, on if the I'm, cruise? Yeah. So then he defended. I mean, do you want me to tell you who won? I don't think. I don't know if this shit's ever going to be broadcast. Yeah. No. Go ahead and tell yeah, us. Yeah, you can tell us. <laughs> so yeah, I figured. So Oku beat Speedball, and then it was Oku Ooh. versus Cardona for the Oceanic title, which was also a great match. You know, certainly had some shenanigans, as you would expect, but the crowd was fucking hot for that one. And Oku actually won, so that led me to immediately say, Matt Cardona to WWE confirmed, because he's not going to be on the cruise next year. Oh. You know what? I, just, I forgot was, about that. It was kind of a joke, but it, it, there may be something to it, you know. I could definitely see them signing him uh, w- once sure. again. Uh, what was the male to female oh, ratio? He did. Well, one sec, he did in the ring yell out. He's like, I could be in the Royal Rumble right now, and I'm on this <laughs> fucking cruise. <Yes>. So, <laughs> so there was that, too. Nice. That's cool. So. Male to female ratio, I shit you not. I thought it was going to be like 80-20 at best. I'm saying like 60-40. Right. It was a lot of a lot of couples. Um, there were definitely some hotties for sure. And just seeing like Harley Cameron and CJ Perry mill about in bikinis is certainly uh, oh. nothing to be too upset about. Harley Cameron is fucking so sexy in person. Dios mio. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and, uh Ruby so yeah, I, I was and start choking her. DJ <laughs> Perry, I didn't talk to her a lot, but she was very friendly, and that is basically what I was hearing from everyone. So Miro, uh, he might have a high. He might have to be killing some people here. So. <laughs> Miro, Miro seems like a, a cuck chair kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, he he might he might be. 
Based on seeing how uh, how flirtatious she is, uh, Yo, I can see it. Wow, so it's Moxley, Miro. <laughs> Real quick, I'm sorry. No, where, where are there cuck chairs in the cabin? Were there cuck chairs in the cabin? Not that yeah, I saw, but okay. But there could, you know, there could have been some hidden drawer. Like there was a bed that, like, it, we could have had a. There could have been like a third bed that's just like dangling off the wall. <laughs> so you have to like pop out. So there easily could have been some drawer or thing that I didn't quite search out that could have qualified as a cup chair. I just cannot confirm nor deny. They <laughs> say nor deny the fact that there is one in any cabin in that fucking cruise. Oh Jesus, this is my wrestling life colliding right here, ladies and gentlemen. So I, I will say that one definite absolute highlight was stumbling upon dinner, having dinner, a full ass dinner with top flight. And let me tell you, those guys are just fucking tight as hell. See, I knew Top Flight was cool. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, that makes total sense to me. I totally get it. Uh, you had dinner with them? Super cool. <laughs> so we had made friends with these other two dudes from Chicago the first night and just kind of were hanging with them the rest of the trip. And, like, the dinner, it's like a just a buffet. And, every, you know, everyone eats there. So you, you just never – Swerve was just, like, holding court in there one night, just being cool as fuck, talking to whomever. Um but we're, like, looking for these dudes from Chicago because we had just left the wrestling with them, and they said they'd gotten a table. And I see one of their one of their heads just, like, poking out. I'm like, oh, there they are. Turn the corner, and they're sandwiched between Rocky Romero and Trent Beretta. I'm like, oh, cool. And I had, like, talked to Rocky at karaoke the night before. There's karaoke every night, which was hit or miss. Couple quick highlights was Alex Albrahantes singing "Baby Got Back" and Abaddon absolutely ripping up "Let the Bodies Hit the Floor." Okay, I would have never guessed so, either or. <laughs> you so would those were pretty cool no, to see. Hell no! I thought when you said Abaddon, I, I, was, I was thinking like Evanescence, but "Let the Bodies Hit the Floor" is pretty <laughs> good too. Or that one that yeah, goes. So like what? The- yeah, let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah, it really fit her look for sure. But so, like, oh, Trent Rocky, huh? Was she in face paint or no? Oh yeah, the whole. I mean, you you know, you never, you couldn't, you couldn't have known if she wasn't. But she was walking around in face paint quite a bit. Okay, that's what's up. Shit, kayfabe's still alive. Go ahead. Um, So yeah, just trying to be brief here, but a lot of shit happened. But uh, so yeah, Trent and Rocky are just sitting in between my two friends, like, oh. Okay, I guess I'll sit down here. So I just kind of take a seat and say I had said something to Trent earlier that he and Nick Wayne had had the match of the cruise to that point before Speedball and Oku, which had just happened. And I'm like, well, you had it, and now you don't. But he's like, oh, they beat us? Damn it. But he was fucking cool as well. And they're like, well, we're leaving. These guys can tag in, and here comes Top Flight. And they just slide on into our booth and – we just sit and have a full meal with top flight. <laughs> and one of the dudes from Chicago was pretty drunk and he was cool as fuck, but he was just like grilling Dante about the leg injury. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just dying laughing. Cause yeah, it's like, just be cool. All these guys are pretty cool. Just don't be a prick. Don't bother them. And like, they all seem to be cool with just, you know, shooting the shit with you for a minute. 
but he was definitely he just kept going and going. But Dante, did, neither Darius is dying laughing about it. Dante didn't give a fuck. But those guys were again. We I'd hung out with them a couple of times and just can't say enough. Just cool ass fucking dudes. You and hung yeah, out with top having a meal a with top flight. You you hung out with top <laughs> yeah. flight a couple of times. Yeah, I ran into him at karaoke and ended up getting a picture with Darius that I didn't even remember. So yeah, those those are my boys. Oh, were there great. were there any fights? No, not that I saw. No, uh, actually, like I mean this when I say it. Like I wouldn't say I had an interaction or met someone that I would say was an asshole or a prick. Like everyone got along. You know, I'm sure shit probably happened that I didn't see. Um, but per- definitely, and it it was. Go ahead. What percentage of dudes on the cruise do you think you could have beaten up? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll just say a nice even seventy five. All right, okay. And I'm and I've never and I've I never mean, been in a fight in my life. Yeah, so. you're six three. You got reach. But I'm six. I'm six three two thirty. Yeah, I can fuck around. Yeah, sure. Okay. Also, another thing is just the sheer amount of people cosplaying as wrestlers or just whatever the fuck. Every single like. One guy was dressed as Jesus every day, and that's just his thing, and he's done it on all the cruises. And One Hulk was there. Rick Flair. Uh-uh. <laughs> Stop. 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 You ain't shit. Stop this shit right now. Sorry, I cut you off. A guy dressed as Jesus and a guy dressed no. as Rick Flair. It's just so many. Gold dust, timeless Tony Storm, a guy and a girl. And anything you can think of, like, just. And that's something I just didn't even think about because, you know, I could fuck around and dress up in a costume for one day. I certainly wouldn't do it all four days, but it just, that didn't even cross my mind. And then I'm like, wait a second, I'm on a fucking cruise with all fucking wrestling fans. Of course people are going to be dressing up. Yeah, man. It's like, it's like, uh, what's the Trek Fest called? What the fuck? Why can't I think of what that's called? What you talking about? Like monster truck or whatever? No, for Star Trek. No, Trekkies. I think it's like oh. Trek. <laughs> yeah, the truck fest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people that are real into monster truck fest. Yeah, right, yeah, dad. <laughs> Just dress up like monster trucks. It's like Comic-Con or whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's a con for everything these days. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Um, Any other big stories? Um, uh, I wouldn't say Nothing else big. I'm trying to think. I, I'll be honest, Fozzie, pretty fucking good. Like, it's not wow. typically, like, the music I care about or, like, I consider it butt rock. But I'll tell you what. They, they put on a good show. It was very fun. Everyone's having a good time. They did one set that was all, like, 80s covers, which was awesome. And it was a lot of different, like, tribute bands. Um, but, like, you know, most of the music I saw was good. They had... Um, there were like there was live talk is Jericho, which we went to one that was like about ECW with like Devon Bubba, Missy Hyatt, Jerry Lynn, just fun, mostly just them just ripping on Paul Heyman, but fun <laughs> shit. Hacksaw did Hacksaw Jim Duggan did comedy, which was just him telling stories from the road. But I eat that shit up like that shit's always funny to me. And I ran into him at one point. Guy's just nice as fuck. He was just taking pictures with everyone. Like I wasn't someone that was going up to everyone and getting pictures, like getting selfies. But 
that's definitely something a lot of people do. The ones I got were Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Ted Irvin, who's Chris Jericho's dad, and Action Andretti, and I was wasted for that one. Uh, Chris Jericho's dad played for the St. Louis Blues, right? I think so, yeah. I don't believe that. Don't quote and, me on I that. think Blues and the Rangers, maybe? Yeah, I was going to say I Rangers, think I remember right. that for sure, but I, I was about to say the Blues, I'm – like seventy percent sure, but that sounded right. So I know you didn't pay for the. T- I know you didn't pay for the ticket, but would you go again? Oh, absolutely! Planning on going again. I mean, it was like I said, just the just the idea of being on a boat and just any tor- any current. I can't fucking talk. Any corner you turn, any elevator you get on, you just never know who you're gonna fucking run. Like. We rode an elevator up with Devon Dudley for eight floors. <laughs> <laughs> that's and again, that's just, like I, eight floors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It went from four to thirteen. I guess I don't understand cruise but ships. I, it's bizarre. Like that was half the fun too. Having never been on a cruise, just fucking exploring the boat Zach, and just walking around and just seeing what you can find or what you can get into. Zach, you ever been on a cruise? No, I have not. Um, I I like the idea of the Jericho cruise because I like the trappings of it, but uh, cruise is not for me. I think I would have been just like Brett and seasick, and uh, I'm not like paying a shitload of money to go be miserable. I, I also you- have like pretty hardcore anxiety. And yeah, I, I was going to like, say, I think I remember that. you saying this before. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I would say, like, cruises to me in general, obviously, I'd never been on one. I always, like, kind of wanted to do it just for the experience, like a general cruise. But certainly happy that this was my first one, and I can't really imagine going on just a normal-ass cruise after this. But, (laughs) you know, another another thing, though, like, I mentioned those two dudes from Chicago, just other people we met, like, exchange numbers. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to be fucking hitting you up all the time, but, like, those dudes live in Chicago – we're going up there for a Windy City Riot in April. It's like, I'll, I'll hit you up and we'll fucking hang out because you're a cool-ass motherfucker. So, did, the dudes from Chicago, just like how, did the dudes from Chicago have their own podcast? <laughs> they do. It's been <laughs> defunct for a while. Okay, all right. Of course but they the did. Percentage, the percentage of people on the cruise that had a podcast. Got to be like Honestly, 25. it didn't come up nearly as much as I thought, and I didn't even bring really? it up till the fourth night. But probably at least fifty percent. Oh yeah, that's, that's out BFR. Are you allowed to like hand out shirts? Like if we brought a bunch of BFR shirts, or we just could we just hand out a bunch of BFR shirts? Sorry, I don't Chris. see why not. I didn't. I didn't see anyone policing it. Yeah, that sounds like, I mean, yeah, I bet the percentage of podcasts on that cruise were quite a few. Um, I bet yeah. I bet some guys, just their whole podcast, they just recorded the Talk is Jericho live and played it back as their own podcast. They're like, yeah, I'm here. Um, well, thank you so much for joining the band from Ringside Podcast, and thanks for telling the story. It's really Absolutely. good stuff. Certainly. Um, hey, everybody, we got some birthdays this week. Uh, Ronda Rousey. 37. She's alive. Don't look at me like that. Teddy Hart, 44. Is he still in jail? Is he in jail? <laughs> That's Is the Teddy, Teddy Hart Hart's point. in jail? Dude, he's been in it's and like, It's like 44 to life, right? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Brian Cage is 40. Isla Dawn is 30. Oh, you know what we forgot to say is that Alba Fire looked really good in that Women's Royal Rumble. She was, nah, she was cool. Yeah. She she got the crowd behind her. Yeah. Uh, Haku. Bless you. A.K.A. Meng, 65. Uh, Marty Gennetti, uh, 64. I think he lives around here somewhere. Oh, God, I hope not. I, I think his kid went to my high school. Keep Edna Mayer away from that son of a bitch. Um, Carrie Von Eric uh, would have been 64, RIP. Uh, Chris Saban is 42. Damian Priest, the aforementioned, is 42. Connor, it seems like it's Connor and Victor's birthday all the fucking time. <laughs> Connor, <laughs> I hope you're doing good out there, Connor, man. Was Connor on the cruise? Connor, unfortunately, was not on the cruise. No, <laughs> I was looking for him, though. I hope Actually, I- Brian Cage was the only non-Mogul Embassy member. So I'm like, hmm, does he got some beef with Jericho or something? Yeah, he maybe he does. Now that's going to get aggregated. <laughs> we're going to go, we're gonna go hey, viral I'm, I'm with fu- that shit. I'm fine with that one. Well, he might have <laughs> just been on collision. Who knows? <laughs> uh, Hikaleu is... 33 WNJPW Tag Team Champion. Never would have thought it. Hikaleo. Just when I thought I was shitting on them enough for uh, not pushing them after uh, Jay White, but now you got it. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast, especially you, Brett, for coming on after meeting all those other podcasters on the cruise for coming and sharing your story on our podcast. Thank you for being here, Brett Jagger. Check. Hey, like I said, my pleasure. And hey, Zach, glad to meet you, my man. First time. Happy to be here. Hopefully get to do it again. For my family, for Tender Mahal, for Murray the Merman Murray, for Lucha Chris, for Patriot Patch, for Vice, for Three Beers, Zach Paul, and for Jason Cornelius. I am Bill Vagy and Boo the Heels. Boo, bitch.